but also it's it's amazing because the 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 movies are really cool and video games are cool in the future. What have you been what have you been playing? Halo nine. <laughs> hey, load nine. Wait, are you playing it on a Commodore 64? <laughs> Commodore 65, sir. This is the <laughs> <future>. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Jim. It's time for episode nice. number 180 of Video Games Hot Dog, Woo. podcast that we do about video games. Is it 179? I don't know. Probably <laughs> 179. It's probably Sorry, a number. Let me turn around and go the opposite <laughs> direction and say that it's actually episode number 179. How have you guys been? Good. Yeah, We're supposed good. to have the storm sure. of the century tonight, but I don't think it's going to materialize. Storm Although there the was century. just some thunder. Yeah, don't taunt it well, I think hopefully a... i get home before it starts yeah it's like the bart was flooded yeah oh, yeah what even happens what happens if the trans bay tube fills up with tube fills up with bay i think the trains are uh air and water tight oh yeah, Submersible. yeah. Seems, well, let's hope so it's probably true so they'll just keep going yeah maybe they okay. just give everybody a scuba mask wait so what's the tube for then uh it's it it the train is propelled okay. by compressed air. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you want know, like one of those things at the bank? Yeah, yeah. It just becomes water Do piercer. They... Anybody that's on the Bart during the storm just uh, it never gets off the Bart. I was going to say, form your own civilization faster. <laughs> Do they still have those things at the bank? The pneumatic tube delivery systems. Some banks. Yeah, I've seen them. I haven't. Well, I haven't been to a bank. I guess I've been to a bank. So there's an episode of 99% Invisible that's about these, but also if you read a book called The Victorian Internet, um, it is kind of just a book about the history of long distance information transmission. It starts out with like sort of semaphore networks, kind of Napoleonic France, and then... Wow, is that a thing? Yeah. Crazy. That's pretty cool. And uh, So then, just towers with people with yeah, flags. Yeah, just people with flags, mm. yeah, and communicating over distances way faster than a horse could go. Sure. But, like, the weird thing about all of these technologies is that none of them, like, really lasted long enough to not get replaced by something way huh. faster huh. before so they, they were... they never, like, really developed any particular yeah. thing. That's interesting. But, like, New York and Paris are shot through with pneumatic tube networks that go throughout the entire city's... And some of which I think are still in use. Um, Do you think that the internet is just another one in this series then? I don't know. Because, I mean, the Pony Express was around for- Another one in a series of tubes. Many years. Things that are going to be- You you mean something that will be replaced by something way better? Even faster, yeah. I don't know. I mean- It's it's really hard to imagine that that what we have right now is super entrenched. But I bet- I mean, so 20 years is not very long. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's the thing. Like, so was the telegraph. The telegraph was entrenched as fuck. Like, those people were like, I'll always have my job as a Morse code operator. Yeah. They'll always need buggy whips. So, we've we've got physical cables, but we've also got the, you know, IP protocol. Sure. And it may well be that um, the physical cables go away, but IP sticks around for a while. IPv6 mm. is the future, I think is what you mean. Oh, I hope the so. The Internet of Things, buddy. Your refrigerator is going to have to tell your oven that you're out of porn. <laughs> I I still haven't seen much adoption for IPv6. One thing I heard about is that there's a a stash of like amateur, amateur-made porn available only via IVP, IPv6. Oh. To, to lure people oh, in. Oh, yeah. Incentivize. That's a good idea. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's working very well. But yeah, is that I like, mean... 
It would have I to can... be some good porn to be better than what you can yeah. find. I mean, I, I think it's like maybe they pay nerds you to who care it. about this sort of thing. So I'm not sure they'd be very better than free. Yeah, you can find my very, uh, very, very specific advertisement adverporn at ipv8.com, uh, where <laughs> oh. there are videos of me drinking a tremendous oh, amount of I don't, V8. Oh, and then, Jesus, no. you could have just stopped. No. You could have just that was <laughs> no, I that was enough. Oh, my no, nightmares. I couldn't stop. I drank too much V8. <laughs> like I couldn't have just stopped. That's the whole. That's the whole. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be entertaining if I wasn't in pain. I could have had a swimming pool <laughs> full of V8. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Man, so, a swimming pool full of V8 would. Yeah, that would be pretty awful. Yeah. Similarly, You'd the porn could stop celery. like right before the V8 touches your lips. <laughs> uh, anticipation. Yeah. There's a lot of watercress. Watercress is the eighth V. <laughs> I see. Yeah, and what the fuck is watercress? Nobody knows. I always think of water chestnuts when you say that word. Yeah. But that's not what that yeah. means. That's not. Water oh, chestnuts I- also aren't chestnuts. Nor are they water. Yeah, there's no water in them. It's weird. <laughs> Man, if you dehydrate water chestnuts... Are they just they, gone? Yeah, they just disappear. There's no horse know, chestnuts aren't horses. I thought I understood both of these <laughs> no, things, but I realized that like I just know I know water, and I assumed the rest must be. Oh, I know what that is. <laughs> so I, I know the first half of the word, and then like my brain water just, skiing. Yeah, mm. yeah. For example, yeah, that's 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 basically surfing, right? Because you're going down a hill of mm-hmm. water. Yeah, yeah. You wait for a tsunami. And then you take the the water ski lift to the top. Uh-huh. A tsunami is the one where all the snow falls down the hill, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's okay. like salty and and bitter flavored. Yep. Okay. <laughs> salty snow with fish in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, there are some actual some listeners' mail questions that are more appropriate to a pre uh, okay. video game segment than anything. Weird. So so there's uh, two. Finaldi says best flavor of ice cream. I mean hot dogs. Grape. Yeah, Hot the best flavor of ice cream, ice cream is the kind of ice cream that you can't make because it's dog poison. <laughs> so hot dog. Did you know, I learned this the other day when we were trying to figure out whether my cat was going to die uh, if we left chocolate out. Oh. Uh, cats are just as allergic to chocolate, if not more than dogs are, but cats are incapable of sensing sweet, so they won't, hmm. They just won't eat it. They're not interested. That yeah. explains why uh, my cat likes things like plastic bags which are neither sweet nor sour (laughs) you know what it doesn't explain is why my cat likes donuts like your cat also likes to be the cheese she does like cheese i mean donuts have a lot of fat too so So, So, okay i guess that i guess that makes sense i i always assume that she likes donuts for the same reason that i like donuts there are some things that she just doesn't care about donuts and cheese both can have holes in them okay oh yeah so like a swiss donut yeah. Or jelly cheese. Yeah. I think we need to get back to cats and plastic bags, because that's weird. Yeah. I can... Does your cat eat plastic bags? No, my cat just chews on them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I have a cat. I think there's something about the texture of yeah. puncturing My cat, Avil, really has kind of a love-hate satisfying. relationship with plastic, ba- plastic, where, like, if you crinkle plastic in her vicinity, she will flee. Oh. But if... Like the plastic is stationary. She maybe she wants to go dominate it. Yeah, and she goes to chew on it for <laughs> a while. Show it's, you crinkly. <laughs> it's my guess. Hmm. Uh, I the best flavor of ice cream is just fucking vanilla, man. Mm. Eat your ice cream like a That's man. That's a pretty good flavor. Yeah, I like I like a I just like sort a of a good <clears throat> vanilla. Yeah, a good chocolate. Mm. I like strawberry because the. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the natural flavor they use to uh, enhance the strawberry flavoring comes out of a beaver's asshole. 
I thought that was like raspberry. Yeah, I thought that was blue uh, raspberry. also also strawberry. It's, it's oh. strawberry and raspberry. Yeah. Wait, so it's just every fruit. Well, every, every fruit every, just comes every from all of the fruits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So does this mean strawberry ice cream is not vegetarian? Uh. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe if you found like maybe like Briars doesn't doesn't use the beaver musk flavor or whatever. Uh, does ice cream require eggs? I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I don't remember. But I mean, it's cream, so it's not vegan. Right. Right. right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Is beaver asshole secretions not vegetarian, but milk is? It depends on whether you kill the beaver. Like, do you have to kill the beaver? No, I, I think it's just unpleasant to milk them, is what I read. For the person They probably breed the, the beaver. <laughs> everyone wants to be sounds, it sounds unpleasant. Yeah. Well, you know, the cows love being milked because it... They're they're bred to just have an enormous amount of milk, and if mm. they don't get milk, they're very uncomfortable. So it could be that we're just doing these beavers a favor. Oh, that's true. Right? Do you think beavers evolved to have way too much butthole juice and no way to get rid of it? Not naturally, but okay. In we've bred we've bred beavers in captivity <laughs> to have way too much butthole juice. Okay. How do you suppose the first person was like? That's an excellent question. <laughs> this tastes like berries. <laughs> I mean, I don't... It takes all kinds. The thing is, I don't think it does. I, I, I imagine that... I know, I know you're... There was this joke, right? Uh, and I'm actually... Kind of? To, I mean, I'm I'm also I mean, kind of serious. Cause I like, mean, it, so, is it, is it pronounced pica? Yeah. I mean, that's my hypothesis. Okay. Mm. That, so somebody found powdered beaver butt? Well, the funny thing is that pica is both a disorder where you eat stuff and then also a kind of mountain rodent. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's also it's a measurement for typefaces. Yes. Oh. So there you go. Uh, it's also the name of uh, MC Frontalot's dog. Oh, huh. Oh, nice. I um, would eat that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It looks delicious. But then again, I'm pregnant or an infant. <laughs> uh, so I tend to think of artificial flavoring science as not being a thing where you go out into the world and find things that taste like things so much as you isolate things that you're pretty sure won't kill you, mix them together in ways that you hope produces some crazy new flavor. Or and you're then just if you're like, wait a minute, this tastes kind of like bacon. You're yeah. like, I'm, I've done it. I've invented artificial bacon. Or you're just like synthesizing simple chemicals and realizing they taste like something. Yeah. But then why would we bother collecting it from someplace natural instead of just... Well, it might also have some medicinal use or something. Like it might yeah, just like be a thing. Yeah, like they happen to have a bottle like of it. <laughs> there's an organic molecule yeah. that we, they've only ever found in this particular thing. I mean, because why, you know... Like, you can imagine a scientist saying, I wonder what comes out of beaver's buttholes. Maybe we can make the world better with this. Like, I mean, I can imagine that just as much as I can imagine a mountaineer being like, yep, berries. Well, okay. I mean, like the, the original scientist, like yeah. mountaineers. Yeah. Mountain men were. Yeah. They, they laid the foundation of a lot of. Yeah. It's mountains all the way down. <laughs> Uh, and then Cheese Cookies wrote, regarding macaroni and cheese, I've always felt that shells and cheese, or maybe even that twirly rotini stuff, is more optimal uh, with cheese because texture and surface area. Anyway, what do you like in a mac and cheese combination? Does pasta type matter? What about cheese type? Uh, so I grew up eating, cheddar. like, Kraft Elbow macaroni and Velveeta, and that's what macaroni and cheese was. And Velveeta. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a loaf of Velveeta just melted into a pot 
with some elbow macaroni you've cooked. That is what macaroni and cheese was. Whoa, whoa so it wasn't the, like, Kraft macaroni and cheese box? No, I did not start eating that until college. Like, huh. that was not ever a thing that my parents made for me. It wasn't until I started cooking for myself that I made that. Then I, But then I ended up eating a lot more of the Michelinas, uh wheels and cheese, little frozen I ate a lot of trays. Annie's uh, mac and cheese. Organic mac and cheese or whatever, I guess. I like a rotini, though. The tube that's in a curl. So, like, I would not want mac... Well, so, I mean, I would not want pasta and cheese if that pasta was, say, spaghetti. Right? Like that that <laughs> sounds, like, like sounds kind of gross to me. Alfredo. That's just hilarious. But that's, a, but that's like a cream sauce and not like a sauce that, like... Like, mac and cheese is sort of a slightly... That's something I can imagine on, like, America's Funniest Home Videos is somebody eating spaghetti and cheese. Yeah. That's just like, oh... Look at that guy. Right. <laughs> Roy and I uh, Roy and I made ourselves a meal of spaghetti and refried beans once. Oh. She used refried beans as mm. spaghetti sauce. Huh. Huh. It was uh, all right. Edible. I, yeah. yeah we, I, I can we, imagine we not being grossed out by that if I did not dislike refried beans. <laughs> huh. Sure. That would help. How yeah. can you dislike refried beans? Uh, the, do you like fried beans? The best no. Annie's variety has the <laughs> tiny little shells that are like... I don't know. They're the little micro shells. They're they're little tiny. Um, they look like a conch. Yeah, like a little tiny one. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that conch or is it conch? Yes, conch. <laughs> conch. I like conch. It sounds good. Conch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have it, so it's your turn to speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> is it a metaphorical conch? Um, I wait. Wasn't that what they used in Lord of the Flies? A sure. Metaphorical conch. Yeah. No, it was a real one. I thought it was oh. a gourd. Oh, oh. <laughs> I I grew up eating the um the craft with the cheese powder. Yeah, that's I, I also grew up is as a like child. I I I that's the only kind of boxed macaroni and cheese I like as a result. Like I I hate the stuff with uh, slightly more real cheese. Mm. I think uh, that might I, be the Annie's. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I like um, I like the craft, but, but I always add like a ton of extra cheese to it. Like yeah, I dated a girl in college that would add a couple couple slices of cheese sure into the pot but but then there's uh going up a few levels in quality you can go to a place like homeroom in oakland mm. which specializes in mac i don't know if i want to say gourmet but yeah, there's definitely thing. like the new american fancy mac and cheese yes. yeah. it's every like it is everywhere Bits that lobster it's what it. they have four years ago that they started having sweet potato fries six years ago like, sure just a oh it's comfort food like this is what white people have instead of culture. A, oh, is it a rotini that has the like sort of twirls to yeah, it? I think that's a pretty good one. Spirally ones, yeah, those are good. But the spirally ones that have a tube that are that are like a tube that's in a spiral. Oh, what are the ones that's like just a the spiral. flat thing spiraled? I think that's fusilli. Okay. Okay. I, I one, whatever the one the one that's just the like just the spiral. I think it's great because it's a lot of surface area yeah. and a compact area. And I don't the tubes are not as good because like. Sometimes the, especially if you're making it from a powder, it's sometimes you just get the crunchy powdery bits in there. there. Yeah, but you don't make it yourself. You go to a restaurant and you have them make it for you. I don't like it when it gets too fancy and they like bake it. You don't you like know? the little breadcrumbs on top? No, no. fuck no. Mm. The crust is good. I wouldn't no. put I wouldn't put breadcrumbs on top, but I like like a baked cheese crust on top. Nope. No, you don't. Oh. I mean, oh. You got to use the you, you got to use wrong. the rest of the beaver somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So anyway, that was uh, that. That was I felt a uh, uh, good pregame. Sure. 
listener's mail segment. So now we've done listener's mail already. So even if we don't do it at the end, we've still done it. Check. Nice. Have you guys been playing any fucking video games? Hmm. I, I, I uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you, go ahead. You're, you're, the, right. you're the new guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Be, be <laughs> I my pull rank all the time. Yeah. I'll be new for longer than you. <laughs> Wait, this doesn't make sense. Um, I've been playing Gradius 5. Oh. I played uh, a few oh, hours Gradius of that. V. Yeah, Gladius. <laughs> um, <laughs> after, after playing Enemy Mind, I was like, I want to play a game that that, that appreciates what this form is all about. Yeah, but also, also a bad like, shooter. Were you talking uh, about how bad Gradius game? I, I was going to get into that. Um, but specifically, Enemy Mind evokes Gradius in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, I would say Gradius Five is the um, the best of the Gradius games. It was made by Treasure, and it takes a lot of lessons from, well, frankly, from Life Force. Hmm. Um, it's a game with a lot of cool shit in it, and like, I don't know if I'd call it a good game. What platform is it? PS2. Huh. Yeah. Um, same. Gradius. Life Force was Gradius 2. Gradius 3 was on. No, Gradius 2 was a separate game from Life Force. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's, I thought the reason that was, was Gradius 2 only in Japan or something? Because Gradius 3 I, came out for the Super Nintendo. And I remember thinking, oh, because Life Force was Gradius 2. I think Gradius Nemesis? 2 may actually have only been. That was a, a port of one of the Gradius games to the Game Boy. Okay. Um, I think Ready 2 may actually have been in Japan only for the NES. Um, but it's a separate game. Um, and what was it? Oh, so Gradius 5 takes a lot of things from Life Force, including two player co op, spawning in where you die, organic enemies and environments. So, like, if you liked Life Force, you should actually probably check it out just for that reason. Um, where can one play it now? So I mean, you you get need to. As far as I know, it's only on PS2. So if we have you, one in the house. Sure. If you live in Oakland, you can come to the Maid because we have a copy. That's where I played it. Okay. That's uh, the Museum of Arts and Digital Entertainment. I think maybe my PS2 is hooked up to the TV at my house. Maybe it's I'll possible. get myself a copy of Gradius Five for Christmas. Is that an HD TV? That monitor right there. I mean, the one that, that <laughs> that's hooked your up to PS2, your PS2 is hooked up to. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you were looking at a computer monitor. I was when looking you at said my that. microphone so oh. I could speak. Oh. It, do you? <laughs> I thought you had a PS3. No, there's also a PS2 hooked up because uh, oh. I think Emily wanted to play Parappa the Rapper one night when she got uh-huh. sound. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's. Yeah. Sure. I would do that. Sure. Those, those PS3s that still are PS2 backwards compatible are mm-hmm. a great. Deal. Yep, that was the that number was, of games that they can play. That was what caused me to go buy the PS3. Was when I heard that this is the last model of PS3 that's going to have PS2 on a hardware chip inside. Yep, yeah. like, I wasn't compelled. Right, that's the one to I'm buying. Really, because I knew that if I really wanted to play my PS2 games, I would just play my PS2, or I would, if it got old enough that it didn't work anymore, I would buy another one for, like, $15. Yeah, that's you know? true, like, but you, then, like, you have to deal with more cables. Cables, yeah. yeah like the PS2 space. is going to plug into some different-ass cables on your TV. Like, you're not... But there's still more cables in the you also have your Wii room. and your Xbox and your yeah. PS2, right. or PS2.5 and your PS3 and your Yeah, but th- I've PS4. also got a TV that's newer than Commodore 65. your grandpa's TV. It's got lots of <laughs> got lots of inputs. The reason I bring up whether it's an HGTV is that uh, this this is a genre that's very susceptible to lag. Like oh, I don't you, know that I would even notice. Well, all right. <laughs> sure. 
If you want to play co-op with me, I'm going to care about the lag. Um, I would, yeah, so I would say this is probably the best Gradius game, but it's not, it's the one with the worst music, which is really yeah. frustrating to me. Hmm. Because, like, when I think about, like, I, I, I remember Life Force really fondly, but I, when I think about, like, what that means to me, I mostly mean the music. And the same. Is that, I forget what. So the initial level, the, the like when you start playing Gradius, it's like. Okay. Yeah. But I don't remember anything else about the music. Well, that was, that wasn't Life Force. No, I know, but that was Gradius 1. I don't remember anything else about the music to anything in the series. Riff, I think you're feeding back. Yeah. No, sorry. I was, that's my cord. I was moving my phone. Your cord, your cord sounded a lot like me. Words, yeah. yeah. I was saying a lot of the oh, words really? that I was saying a second or oh, two earlier. Okay, maybe weird. it was because in the process of leaning over to get my phone, my my uh, earbud was next to the microphone. Uh, maybe your oh, beard be. has been possessed. Yeah. <laughs> Ear beard. I mean, I would say Gradius Airbud <laughs> of the series. Gradius. Other than the, the rules, it says Riff's beard music. can't play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Of the, of the series, I would say Gradius has the second weakest music in the series. Okay. So, um, two. And Gradius 5 has the weakest, weakest music. Yes. Uh, wow. two, three, and four, really, really good. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't recommend you play those games, but I recommend you, you listen, listen to, to them. them. Yes. Can you listen to the soundtrack on like a Pandora? Is that the kind of game that, whose soundtrack would have had a CD release that? I know that in Japan it did. Um, I don't know about on Pandora. I mean, but you could probably find it on YouTube. Yeah, no doubt. I still, every few weeks, go to YouTube and just listen to the title screen music to Wizards and Warriors for the <laughs> NES. Sure, yeah. Because that is just straight up one of the finest pieces of music mm-hmm. ever composed. It is super evocative of your childhood. It is, and also, like, oh man, when uh, noted lady Rachel <clears throat> Bess, when she burned, uh, she burned all those calories putting together the stuff for next year's Zapcon NES Lounge... The first thing I did when she was like, here is an NES that every game that you put into it will just work the moment that you put it in. Yeah. I grabbed the Wizards and Warriors, stuck it in, turned it on. I'm like, fuck yeah. She wow. took apart every, she took apart hundreds of NES games, cleaned them individually. She like re- polished all the connections. Replaced all the video capacitors inside all of the NESs Whoa. that yeah. she bought so that it's the picture would ridiculous. be better. Everything like, just looks good. Yeah, and, it's and like basically starts, there is just a blowing into the cartridge. Four it's just brand new NESs and two hundred brand new it, it NES. It sounds games. like this is like kind of losing some of the essence of what it's like to use an <laughs> NES. Well, she did it now, and we're not having the conference for another six months. Yeah, so, so they'll be, all, okay, fucked. They'll be all fucked up and corroded yeah. by then. But also, like, yeah, you you think that, but <laughs> it's also kind of nice to just put a game in and play it. Oh, yeah. Because that is actually that's, what a lot of your childhood was like. That's what It was just the more for. recent parts of your childhood that you remember yeah. that had a lot of blowing and sliding in and out and blink, 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 blink. That was one blink, of the things blink. that most impressed me about going back to Game Boy Advance when I bought a load of Game Boy Advance games at Portland Retro Gaming was that it was one of the last handheld systems that you just put a cartridge in and turned it on and the game starts instead of having all this menu bullshit. Oh, huh. That's interesting. I do remember sort of being really confused the first time I saw somebody turn on a a Nintendo DS and being like, what is happening? There's like an OS Mm -hmm. in this thing? Notably, you... That, that that experience is only the when you started because most of the time when I am using a DS, I'm actually keeping it on the whole time. 
And you, you just close it and it sleeps. Uh, yeah, that's true. So it's just that's like true. whatever game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but... And then oh. you open it up again and you're playing the game. So that's actually arguably a better experience than the GBA. Hmm. Yep. Was there anything else about Gradius 5? Just weak music? Good it, It's good not even bad music. It's just... I mean, Gradius <clears throat> has a very specific kind of... Um, like music, I, I can't, I can't even think of another example from like, I, I have found examples of most game genres of music, like from outside of the game genres where like, oh, the composers of Mega Man were listening to like jazz fusion in the eighties, um, Japanese jazz fusion, um, specifically mm, like Castlevania, like weirdly metal influence. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I cannot think of, um, an inspiration, a referent for the Gradius music. It's very specific, like six, eight melodic rock. Like it, it, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, but, uh, Gradius five doesn't even try for that. It, it, it does callbacks, but callbacks to the tunes that I didn't care for that much. So, I mean, and it's not bad music. It's just like, not my favorite music. Um, what are the graphics like in a Gradius five? Um, it's, do you remember Ikaruga? Yeah. It's it's the same team. It's 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 of the quality of Ikaruga, but with more interesting and more diverse subjects. So it's not. Is it? I, you know what? I remember Ikaruga, but only from like a gameplay sure, point yeah. of view. Was I mean, Ikaruga three D object? Yeah, it was. Okay, it was, but but rendered at fairly low res, right? Like, um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Gradius Gradius Five looks it looks like a PS two game. Okay, so kind of so, chunky pixels if you yeah, are playing it on a but, big TV. But generally, like, because of the constrained camera um, and because they know exactly what's going to be on screen, I guess this is just what I said, um, they can make sure that, like, it, it's a cons- consistent frame rate and yet it's, it's always maxing out what it, what it can show you. Hmm. So it, it looks better on average than most PS2 games probably. It does this interesting thing in one of the later levels where it actually has real-time fluid dynamics. Weird. Which I was really impressed by at the time, and, and still am, frankly. Like, that was something that... Well, and we'll, we'll, oh, t- we'll be talking, talking about more about that, about that later yeah. in, the, in the podcast. <laughs> um, Just thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and that, Gradius Five got a lot of shit from reviewers, like, it doesn't really do anything new, but that's actually... I hadn't played any game that did that at the time. Hmm. Yeah, that that was that was a a thing that's still really cool to me. Yeah, Anything so else? yeah, I recommend that. I I played um Sky Force, which is uh another shmup for for Android. I bet it's for other phones as well. Hmm. And it's weird, like the shooter interface, like it it actually works. Shooter really. interface, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Delicious. Um, the the interface actually works really well on a touch screen. Like you don't use a joystick. You use like you, you, the ship usually has one-to-one motion with your finger or one to not one-to-one, but proportional. So like you move your ship finger a certain amount and your ship, the ship moves in that direction, a proportional amount. And so that actually works pretty well. Um, so I was playing this game and like shooters tend to like, they, they tend to be like half an hour long. And every minute of that half hour is like you're on edge the entire half hour. Right. And so like if you want a gaming experience and you don't have a lot of time, you can just cram like <laughs> every ounce of what you have into that half hour and then you're like, I'm done. I do not want to do that again. 
Whereas a lot of other games have a design of like, I would like you to play this game and be relaxed for like eight hours in a row. A lot of games are... And, and so I'm accustomed to shooters being super intense. Sky Force is kind of... It kind of splits the middle where it will like... It has moments of intensity, but it also has like a free-to-play kind of a structure to it where mm-hmm. you are upgrading yourself over time with currency... And you can probably buy currency. I didn't do that. I, I bought the thing to turn off the ads, though. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it, it, I kind of feel guilty for liking it because it's, I'm, I'm not sure why, actually. I'm trying to work it out right now in my head as I'm speaking. Because I just feel, it has that weird sort of profit yeah, model built into yes, it, maybe? Or? Yes, but... Beyond that, I'm trying to figure out why. Like, I mean, I, why should that bother me? I mean, people have a bad taste in their mouth about anything that evokes what they've experienced <clears throat> as a as a gross free-to-play thing in the past. Yeah. Whether it's like that or not. It, the, this is a thing that is, like, it's really important to me, <laughs> specifically, as, like... You know, I mean, we run a free-to-play game yeah. that existed before all of this terrible shit that it has become has come to be associated with the notion of a free-to-play game existed and it bugs me when a game like i felt for instance that plants vs zombies 2 had an extremely fair and reasonable approach Mm. to being free-to-play like you could basically do everything in the game without paying for it it just made it easier if you wanted to pay for it, and it was a better game if you didn't. It was a better game if it's you more let challenging, if you let sure. it be hard. Yep. And everybody was like, "Oh, what the fuck? Plans for Zombies used to be good, and now this is just fucking gross free to play bullshit." It's like, all right, well, what incentive do they have to ever make another game where they actually try and do it right? Like, they if, have if continued to add content to that. <clears throat> like, even like a month or so ago, there was another additional set of levels. Like another set of levels. Like it's and they're hard they are like really good and interesting and different and hard do you i never know played what kind of them. income that game is getting i have no idea mm-hmm. i like i that's the thing like, the, it's like, like ea they based. can't it's EA, possibly right? so be like losing they, money yeah they have right? to be making money to continue probably true yeah i mean but i mean maybe they're making enough money to pay three guys but that's you know? fine right sure. like the number of companies that cut off a product uh, because it isn't making enough money but it, it, it's making more than it's costing uh, that that sort of blows my mind because like mm. I feel like you're just alienating those customers. Yeah, but I mean I, I could I can see it like if I, as the guy that runs the company that you work for, was running a project that took up all of your time and made X number of dollars, and I knew that I, I could, could instead you could, use you sure. on a thing that would allow us to hire ten more guys. Yeah. You know, then it's like, all right, I could see shutting down something that you were working on, even if it was profitable, basically just to establish dominance over you, <laughs> you know, just to like, just to show you that in the end, I'm the one who butters your bread. Okay. <laughs> Kevin. And I, don't forget that. Don't forget it, buddy. Sure. That's what I, that's basically what I would do if you had a thing that you were personally responsible for making profitable, but I'm, just a little bit. I'm so glad I'm not involved in your guys' relationship. It's great. <laughs> Um, but what this came up recently, 
talking to Sean about Crossy Road and how he was like talking about how. And I mean, I think to be fair, like he was not like, oh, this is gross free to play. Like he's definitely like thoughtful about this kind of thing. But what bothered him was the like thing that didn't look like it was going to make you watch an ad. The fact that you could watch an ad to get like 10 coins. Uh, okay. Cause I feel I like Crossy Road has the arrow has and a piece the, of film. the like the most considerate business model. Yeah. No, almost any so free to play game I have played in a long time. So do I. So do I. And he was not generally put off by it. He, it bothered him. I think A, and this actually really bothers me too. I wish that it didn't have that feature where you could watch an ad to get 10 coins or whatever, because I think, I mean, I only ever did it by accident. Okay. Right. And that and, was what he was complaining about specifically, right? Was yeah. doing it by accident. And that's just bad UX. I don't think that's even going to earn 20 coins, then has a little arrow that I yeah but yeah, it's but not you, even have a little it's, video it, icon it's really is text yeah and it's all like hmm. like your your player base is very skewed in this regard and even then they don't read but yeah. it has no <laughs> interstitial ads and yep. the only other I, thing it has are I know, like the, buddy. the ability I, to buy I know, stuff in I know, game I know I know I know I know which is why for free which, is, which is why I get into it with him <clears> about him being uncomfortable with the model because I'm like what do you want like, how, what do you need this to be? Right. Yeah, that before, doesn't Before you won't, like, dismiss, and, and so, you know, digging deeper into it, it's like, no, he's not just dismissing it because it's free-to-play bullshit or whatever. Like, it's this one particular choice, which I agree is, you know, the one thing that's kind of gross. So, the one thing, they so they just came out with, a, like, a Christmas update, and they added a... A secret thing that you could unlock, like a thing that you could only get, I think, for a while, and then also a thing that you won't, you can't possibly get from the like little vending machine thing that costs four dollars that increases the rate at which you get coins. Okay. Um, and I wonder, Coin Doubler seems to be the like classic free to play yeah. game thing that no one minds. Yep. Which, like. I kind of, I don't mind it if I buy it immediately, but I feel like an asshole if I buy it like <laughs> 10 days you, in, right? Because I'm lost, like, all of the time I, know, I've lost. They could, they could, well, that's probably how they oh, sell God, it to retro, you. Part, retroactive but, coin doubler would yeah. even be, like, if they just yeah. kept track of how many coins you'd gotten, I'm like, coin doubler, including, yeah. Just make it a dollar more for retroactive. That, that would probably capture me. Yeah. Because, like, at this so, point, I just don't, <clears throat> I don't want it. I want to prove that I can do it without it. We have it's been, true. we have been experimenting with some new for sale items in KOL. The idea of, like, for five bucks, get a permanent upgrade on your character that just doubles all the meat that you get from fights forever. I would feel like the world's grossest asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And believe me, if I mean, you go to my site, ipv8.com, <laughs> <is the> t- <laughs> you, you you're going to see what my competition yeah. is. <laughs> he does, it, in fact, have the Is the meat economy, asshole. like, tuned really tightly? Or it, it, being able to double it would fuck up a lot of people's experiences. Yeah, okay. I think... It is not tuned particularly tightly, but, it, like, it would... It operates, it operates as an interesting player economy and... A factor of two is... It would be really... That would yeah. be really gross. Yep. I think. I, I think it would be really, really gross. But that is a thing that I almost no yeah. one ever complains about when an iOS game does it. And I don't I think they think... would if it were like a, a market... Yeah, there was like player-to-player player market a, in there. Economy in it. That yeah. Was, yeah. If you're just buying stuff from the game, it's not nearly as bad. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. Good, that's a good... And I don't think people would point. pay like for a coin additional 10% multiplier... 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever bought a coin doubler in even a game that I like. I just won't buy that because I hate the idea so much. And it's like, I think it just shows that I have a very different approach to these kind of things than hmm. the public does in general. I mean, I I wish that Plants vs. Zombies 2 hadn't constantly tried to get me to buy stuff, but it's easy to say no. All right. You know? I, I think that's the real cost there is, I mean, if I, I, hadn't, I haven't tried playing Plants vs. Zombies 2, but I'm hypothesizing that that hypothetical gym would hate that I kept having to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But if, I mean, Me are you really thinking about it if your answer is always just no? It, it's, my, there's still the temptation there. My answer is going to be still no like, and stop goddamn asking. There's, there's still the temptation. Like, that. I forget the details of this study, but I remember hearing about a study where people giving a standard, people taking a standardized test where half of them were offered cupcakes. Right. And of the ones who offer, who were offered cupcakes, the ones who accepted the cupcakes did just as well as the people who were not offered cupcakes, but the ones who turned them down did significantly worse. Hmm. Because... They were I, thinking about the cupcake that because they down. like it, it cost them whatever the resource is to, that you do huh. use to do mental work. You also dip into that to ex- ex- exert willpower. Oh, uh, was that the? Did you? Was that from the like the ego depletion episode of uh, "You Are Not So Smart"? I the have, "You Are Not So Smart" podcast. Did you ever listen to that? I did not listen to that, okay. but it might sounds like the sort of thing they would do. Yeah, though. I highly recommend. Uh, just stop when it gets to the cookie segment in the first few episodes and if you ever listen to one of the early episodes all the way through you will know what i'm talking about uh yeah it's just this guy who i don't think that he is a psychologist but he's a guy that writes books about psychology so it's a you are not so smart podcast you are not so smart yeah and there are only 30 or 40 episodes of it and they're really good they're they're well produced they're about really interesting things like it, it's just basically like he writes books about the different ways in which people are wrong about stuff <laughs> and easily manipulable and, and everything is card bullshit. forcing. That sounds really cool. It's super yeah. interesting to no, me. No, it's super good. Like in card tricks, like the ability to basically <clears throat> reliably get people to pick a particular card or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never really learned yeah, anything about I'm, it. And I think we were talking about this in an earlier podcast, but just rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Mm-hmm. People who there was, really a, there was something that. that just came out recently, which was pub- just a published study about the majority of people will respond in a particular way to winning or losing with a particular thing. And so if you know that that's what most people do, you can use the strategy against them. But then if you know that they know that, mm-hmm. right. you need to take, you need to take a meta level up and then riff video games. Uh, well, I got into the first raid, uh, in, uh, the new world of Warcraft expansion, which last week we were talking about the, the in-game book that tells you what you need to do in a raid. So if if you're interested, I now have a concrete example of what exactly it tells you compared to what the reality is. Do you have it in front of you? Pardon? Do you have it in front of you? Can you read to it? Mm -hmm. it, I do. I took a picture of it on my phone. So the, the, um, you took a screenshot with your phone. Yes. Well, because I, I'm not also, sitting at my computer. I also did that for room. today's podcast. I have a photograph of my computer screen at home on my phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Which the, is not in the room. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the The first boss in the the first raid in the new expansion is, uh, his name's Cargath Bladefist. And you're fighting him in this, uh, like, 
gladiator arena. So Cargath, Blade Fist, and the Gladiator Arena. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, the okay, so in looking for raid difficulty, there's basically three things going on in here. You've got these fire pe- pillars just in four locations in the arena that will burn you if you stand too close to them. And, and looking for raid is the difficulty tier yes. of this dungeon. Yes, that's okay. that's the tier where you you click a menu and says let me into a raid and it picks a team of 25 random people and dumps them into this into this raid with an appropriate sort of breakdown of healers yes. and yeah and and, and the DPS. the LFR raids are tuned easier because you can't really have a lot of good coordination with completely random team ups okay um so so you've got these fire pillars and the um the the in-game hint book does not mention them even at all. Okay. Um, the second mechanic is that uh, Kargath on occasion will decide to suddenly ignore the tank and he'll pick a ranged DPS or a healer in the party and start chasing them. And if he catches them, he kills them instantly. And okay. The longer the chase goes on, like the longer the guy is kiting him around the arena, the faster he goes. So he okay. will eventually catch you. And what what the book says about this, it says, Kargath's berserker rush cannot be stopped until he either kills his target or finds something else to take his anger out on. Okay. And and what that what it of course doesn't tell you is that what the guy has to do is kite him into one of the fire pillars ah. which will which will stop his berserk and he'll also smash the pillar so you have one less pillar to worry about uh, so that that sounds less like instructions and more like here's a clue uh, yeah, sort of yeah. Clue, yeah and the the third mechanic that you have to worry about in LFR is in the in the stands in like the spectator bleachers there are monsters up there who will throw shit at you, who will like throw bombs and poison grenades and shit into the raid. And occasionally throughout the fight, Kargath has an ability that will grab three or grab, sorry, five party members and throw them into the stands. And then those guys job is to kill as many of the people in the stands as they can before they get kicked out. And uh, what it, what it says about that is, as the fight progresses, iron bomber, iron bombers and drunken bile slingers rain destruction from the arena stands. Players can dispatch these creatures after being tossed into the crowd by Kargath's chain hurl. And what this doesn't tell you is that chain hurl. Chain hurl. <laughs> in in looking for raid difficulty, uh Kargath always picks a tank, a healer and 3 DPS to throw into the stands. So you've got a good like a well-balanced group up there in the harder difficulties in normal heroic and mythic difficulty. He picks whatever five people happen to be standing closest to him at the time. Well, isn't that often all the tanks? Yeah. In so if that's both your tanks, <laughs> oops. Wow. <laughs> that's probably a world, party of, world of Warcraft doesn't have any ranged tanks, no. right? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, and then, so that's that's all it says for uh, looking for raid and normal and heroic difficulty. Why um, doesn't it have a range tank? Why can't you do some sort of like ranged boss versus ranged tank? I don't situation? know. The only game that I've ever seen do ranged tanks was Star Wars: The Old Republic. Mm. And how? What was that class? Uh, the trooper and the 
I forget what the equivalent of the trooper with the bounty hunter. I mean, would that work on every boss or? I think sometimes they would get up close to you, but. That's what I was thinking. Like if you're a ranged tank, what happens when the dude just comes over and starts wailing on you? Yeah. But I'm saying you can tank it. I mean, I I guess hunters hunters and warlocks kind of have that because they have a pet that will tank for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can a a hunter pet or a warlock pet tank a dungeon, though? Like, that's. No, I don't think so. I mean, they didn't used to be able to, but who knows? I guess I shouldn't say no to Yeah, the way threat works now. I mean, so if there were bosses that didn't have melee attacks, like, you know, a, a World of Warcraft tank can't do any damage from across the room, a ranged tank can. Right, so if you root the boss, you can then yeah. run away, right, and then slow it down and do damage while it runs over to you, or whatever. So as you get into uh, the the higher difficulties, they they stack in like more and more different mechanics to it, which is interesting because the the fight gets way more complicated than like old raid bosses ha- have been. Like it, it's interesting just from the standpoint of like like boss uh, 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 construction design Um, in normal difficulty and higher. There are also four pits in the arena floor. And if you happen to fall into one of them, there's a giant tiger in there that one shot kills you. (laughs) And on mythic difficulty, those tigers will climb out of their pits and they just like Cargath's, uh, charge attack they pick a guy and start chasing him until they catch him and kill him and so whoever's targeted has to basically kite this tiger around while the ranged dps try and kill it before the next one crawls out of its pit i i like that in terms of it sounds a lot more interesting than just scaling up the difficulty by giving the boss more hit yeah yeah they actually do more stuff and the the big thing that they do in mythic difficulty which which it actually mentions in the hint book it says, so, and you get to see you get to see all the different difficulty notes. Uh, yeah, but there's there there are really like there is one extra difficulty note, which is this one mythic thing I'm about to read. Everything else is completely the same in all difficulties. Huh. It doesn't it doesn't mention the pits anywhere. Um, it says in mythic difficulty, the raid must perform well to gain favor that is tracked by the roar of the crowd. If the raid gains enough favor from Roar of the Crowd, the raid is granted increased damage dealing. And which, I mean, it tells you that there's something going on, but it really doesn't say what. There's another meter that appears that tracks how much the crowd likes you. And this, uh, you you gain like crowd favor by, I I believe, uh, I, I looked it up, the... I believe the ways you can get crowd favor are there's a particular type of monster in the stands that you can kill to gain it. There's a type of monster in the stands that you can kill to stop him from causing you to lose it because he like heckles. Huh. Um, there, if you if you are one of the guys with a tiger chasing you and you uh, you kite the tiger into a fire pillar that disorients it for a second and causes it to retarget to somebody else. And that gets you some crowd favor. But the main way to do it is to, when Cargath is charging you to kite him for as long as you possibly can before uh, hitting him into a, into a fire pillar, which is, which is an interesting, like press your luck sort of mechanic. Yeah. Because if he catches you, he kills you and you don't get any favor from that. 
Um, hmm. And although it, and another thing that it doesn't say here, although you can probably figure out just by the fact that it exists, is that under this mechanic, you have to get high crowd favor quickly and keep it high throughout the raid in order to be able to deal enough damage to him to kill him before his enrage timer goes off and he just kills everybody. So it's like not an optional mechanic. You have to get it high as soon as possible or you can't do enough damage to him. That's the same way I feel about babies. You have to get them high <laughs> you have to as get soon them as possible. High. Or you can't do enough damage to them. <laughs> but it's 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 in LFR it's 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 not a difficult fight at all. It's it's pretty simple. I mean, me and twenty-four other random dudes killed him on our first try. Um but looking at the stuff he does even just on LFR and particularly like the craziness that it gets up to uh in higher difficulties compared to like what the final boss of Molten Core was like, who he just kind of stands there and sometimes he knocks everybody back. <laughs> you know? There was more to it than that, at least when it was a real raid. Well, not from a not really from a DPS standpoint, I don't think, but there were there were ads that you had to deal with and <laughs> to be like, try our other games. Like Hearthstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, click the X real quick. <laughs> That's hmm. <laughs> If the healer doesn't close the ad soon enough, you'll all take damage. Because <laughs> yeah, it you, gets uh, in the way of his buttons, yeah. <laughs> right. Have any of you been playing any Hearthstone? No. Uh -uh. Oh, yeah, they did an expansion for that. How is yeah, that? Yeah, their expansion came out. There was a weird... They had a lot of technical difficulties uh, the first day that it rolled out. And uh, <clears throat> I had managed to log in, and I managed to buy some packs of cards. But then when I went to log in after adjusting my billing info or whatever to be able to buy them. And uh, maybe I just logged out and then I went to log in again and it just kept hanging on the title screen. Hmm. And it was like that for 12 hours. Wow. <clears throat> until I went to the forums and just the top post in the forums that underneath the stickies was, if you delete your billing info, you will be able to get in. Huh. Hmm. And I went and tried it and it was just like, poof, just like I was sitting there on the, what the on the title screen and I just logged onto Battle.net through the website, deleted my billing info, and it immediately went in because it was like some problem authenticating against the billing server or something that was doing it. And it's like, well, yeah. no wonder they didn't like make a sticky post about this. Everybody just go delete your recurring <laughs> payment info and you'll be able to get right in and play the game. Like, wow, that was a, that was a complicated, uh, weird. That is a, it's a complicated super weird. shareholder ethics situation yeah. for them to be in. Like, yeah, anyway. So I I was really excited about the expansion because it was like a bunch of cool fun theme cards yeah, and a bunch of like cool fun random cards. And yeah, and then I remembered, oh right, there's basically no way to play this game non-competitively because you're all in the same pool and so this, like the last expansion, just lands in this like meta game zone where 95% of the cards are never going to see any play mm. and if you decide to weird fun decks everybody's making yeah. fun decks and this is the thing i i want i want there to be like a scrub league where i can just make my stupid murloc deck and go fuck around with other people who made stupid like i most of my play has been 
searching for the word random and making decks out of only cards that have the word random in the card text, <laughs> just with different classes. And it's it would be fun if I didn't just always lose mm-hmm. because like I'll summon a guy who's like next turn he's gonna do some random awesome funny thing, except no, he's fucking not because this guy is, you know, just playing a regular deck and he's gonna kill him before he manages to do anything. Does it not like on the you next use turn. custom decks against a- AI opponents? Uh, yeah, but yeah, and I was like, and like, if you could just match up with other people that are like minded, but there was no reward for it, would that also be dissatisfying? No, mm. that would be fine. Hmm. <clears throat> what I kind of want is there to be a, a PVE version of it that isn't the AI, the puzzle, like the, AI. puzzle boss kind of thing. Yeah, well, the, no, I like the AI puzzle boss stuff, but what I wish there was was like, oh, all right, here is you can go to Elwyn Forest and now you can fight against. You know, the kobold horde or whatever. And it's like, are you fighting against a guy who has 50 hit points? Every turn he summons two 1 1 kobolds and attacks you with all of them. That's all he does. And then there's another one that's slightly harder than that. And there's that's another kind one that's of like a puzzle harder. boss, though, right? But, it, but it's just, it's a puzzle boss, but it's designed for you to be able to win against them. I mean, <laughs> like the, the class challenges that were made to be fun in Naxramus, that expansion, were awesome. Like, there was just, the Hunter one was, like, every card in your deck is this thing that summons a random, or puts a random beast into your hand when it gets killed, right? Everyone, everything you draw is going to be this, so every turn, this is what you're going to do. And they had to make it easy so that it would be viable for you to win, and because of that, it was just fun. It was just fun to play with, like, a weird deck in a way that you like actually felt like you were accomplishing something as opposed to like, I'm just going to play against the easiest AI and try to steamroll it. And even then like a bad, like a really bad deck isn't going to win against even their shitty AI for it's fine. It's fine. I just need to like, I need to come to grips with the fact I need to come to terms with the fact that most of my cards, if I put them in a deck even though it seems like it would be fun, it's not going to be fun because I will just lose and lose and lose and get angry. So what I need to do is go on the internet, look up how to make a deck that will win, mm-hmm. and play with that deck so that I will win some games and it will be fun. But you want to play game? You want to play with your random deck? Why would you do that? Because playing with my random deck, I just lose and lose and losing lose, and is it's not, not fun. fun. But, but it's <clears throat> playing with playing with decks that you find on the internet is also not fun. Right, but. The thing, the thing about playing with the random deck, it would be fun if I was playing against other people who were not playing for maximal effectiveness. But, but there isn't. But that, but getting a, a pre-made deck isn't a solution to that problem. It is though. It, so this, I mean, this is exactly <clears throat> the same problem as like competitive StarCraft, where like the first month that the game was out was amazing because nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Right, so you could do whatever and, you were just and maybe sort of playing, you would sometimes yeah, win a game. You'd sometimes win, you'd sometimes lose, crazy shit would happen and then pretty soon everybody was doing Zerg rushes right. or when, tank like, rushes or whatever. Games, and are, then it was, games are fun when there is no matter. And that was and that was just yeah, that was, those were the pre-made decks and that was like, yeah. What? So you've, you've, already, you've already skipped past the fun part of, of the game and now it's it's over. What, what's your, what's your re- reaction to this, Jim? You the, the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I, I hate PvP. Yeah. I just, I just never do it. Yeah. Okay. Fair I enough. mean, it... So, my, my reaction to this conversation is, like, to wonder, can you 
match up with a person? Can you like say, I want to yeah, play you with. Can. So you can play with a, a battle net friend. Y- your solution may be to just find a community of like-minded people of, and play yeah. with them. The scrub league. Yeah. The oh. rando. I, that's what I was going to suggest as well. But I, but I think there's no tangible rewards for playing against people like that. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think you even, I don't think you get anything for playing. You don't get ranking or anything. Right. For playing. So, but, but that's fine. You I mean, could do that. Yeah. So it's available to you, but you're not doing it. That's I that's, could if I had a bunch of friends. If I had a bunch of like-minded friends, you do though. I think a bunch okay. of listeners of this very podcast would be. Uh, yeah, I want to make a crazy yeah, deck. Okay. Right in, Randers. Well, there's. All you right. should check out our forums, Rando, okay, League. Jim, because people okay, are like, well, "Hey, does videogameshotdogs.com? Does, does Jim dog, even dog, check our forums?" I've, and I was I've like, occasionally I don't. Re- no, I've actually. occasionally read some threads, like that time I forgot what the assignment was. <laughs> I looked at the <laughs> yeah. assignment <Yep>. thread. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! I also so somebody. I'll, I'll create an account. I'll I'll start talking in there. Okay. Somebody at work linked to this German team that is doing a like a like a total conversion Skyrim oh, uh, mod. Before before we get if you if if I can interrupt for a second before we yeah. get away from this, I just wanted to comment on the topic of PvP. Something that happened that was funny in World of Warcraft. Um, I don't normally PvP either at all, but from Garrison, I ended up with a, uh, there was a Garrison mission that gave me a load of, um, PvP currency that from the Burning Crusade expansion, like as leftovers. And so I went out there to, to cash some of it in and see what I could get for it. And there was a guy there in, in, uh, I forget what the place is called, Hala or something, where it's this little PvP zone where the you whichever you're taking over the town. Yeah, you're taking over this little town, and whichever faction has control of the town, then they get access to the to the merchants. No, right. That's like that. That's like that Drenai town in the yeah. middle of Nagrand. And there is a yes. guy there who I guess he was just farming honor or farming these tokens, but he was like eight boxing it. He was playing a mob of eight wizards just standing on top of each other. And he would go hide in a building. And I was just hanging around waiting for the merchants to spawn. And like uh, a, a, a horde player would arrive with his red text. And this just crowd, this just swarm of of dudes all just clustered on top of each other would run out of a building and just annihilate the guy. It sounds like a Shoggoth. It sounds yeah, like yeah, it looked like a Shoggoth. <laughs> it was crazy. The the, the dude that five boxed a, an all shaman arena team, team. Yeah, arena just team. doing that like yeah. <laughs> auto crit lightning bolt just because he would hit everybody. He would instantly be able to take out at least one person and then he would have every totem down. And like it was, it was just creepy. Like you could still like a, a coordinated team could still beat him because you know like there's five people trying to do something instead of just one. But like if you weren't paying attention, he would just steamroll you because he could just focus fire in ways that a, a another another team couldn't do. Wow, kind of beautiful and and awful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like a shagath. Like a shagath. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was my little story. What what were you about to say, Zach? Oh, the, the, the I saw a video of this like team that's doing a, a total conversion of Skyrim, and I 
went to their website and saw that they had previously done a total conversion of Oblivion. Oh, so that that's why you were playing Oblivion. Fairly well. Oh, it popped up on the Steam. Yeah. So I downloaded this thing, and, and it was remarkably easy to install. It okay. just downloaded it and then dragged it over and replaced all of the files in the Oblivion directory. Like, ah, who cares? <laughs> um, I just downloaded Oblivion again just for this, so I don't care. Um. And it is a really ambitious, like, it just uses the Oblivion engine to make an entire other game. Huh. It is in German, so oh, shit. The, that <laughs> the subtitles the subtitles are mostly in English, okay. but even in the first hour or so of it, I found a bunch of things where it was like, all right, I, like, I get what's going on because I remember just enough German to know that that's the word for rock and that's the word for hole, and I kicked <laughs> that rock into that hole. <laughs> Oh, it you're playing a, golf? Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, a Scottish golf, German it's a team. golf overhaul. <laughs> okay. It just turns it turns to oblivion into Tiger Woods oblivion. <laughs> um So it it seems like there is just an insane amount of authored content for this. It says it's 35 hours long and it was In the Skyrim or the Oblivion? In the Oblivion one. one. The Skyrim was not done. Okay. Um that's one that has like the whole undercity in it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and they seem to like that because this one starts out with you're in a mine and then in the mine, there's like a sort of an underground bar in the mine that you go into and you get axed. Still using that axe. Uh, so there's a lot of weird. Let me, let me find the, the, the text that I found. It's not entirely comprehensible because of the translation. Um, I found so, okay. You now have tongs. You'll need them for the different procedures of forging, yet they are also necessary for melting ores and minerals. Like, <laughs> just almost, I mean, it's like comprehensible, but like All the connector words, which is just the, the kinds of stuff yeah. you fuck the, up yeah, as yeah, a the stuff, that, the stuff that is just like arbitrary yeah. in English and differs between English and German for no reason. But like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it just loses English completely. Like, all the VO is in German, so... <laughs> There's a lot of scenes that don't have subtitles, so it's like, well, I hope that guy didn't just scream something important at me. About, <laughs> oh, yep, he did. I bet he was warning me about that thing that just killed me. You should record it. You should record it. <clears throat> call your Google Voice and let it translate. Oh, right, right, right. So you 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 start out in this mine where you've you've been invited to a place and then they collapse the room that you were in and then you're way down in the middle of this mine and you're kind of fighting your way out with some other guys that were also invited to this place via a cryptic letter. Uh, and you get out of the mine and I'm like, okay, finally the world has opened up. It's going to stop being like a linear thing and I can actually see what this looks like. But then I go to go out of the valley that the mine is in and there is like a gate and there's a guard standing at the gate and he's like, nobody can leave until we deal with these mages that are looking suspicious on the other side of this gate. I'm like, uh, okay. So quest log says like, yeah, you can't leave. And then a guy's like, Hey, while you're here, you want to help my buddies inside the mine with some quests we need you to do? I'm like, okay, I guess so. So I went and the first one is like, we got a rat problem, but you're not going to be able to just kill the rats. You got to like stop them from breathing. So for as, for as kill 10 rats as the first quest is, just wait until the second one. Um, so you got to like, there are these big rocks on the ground and they're too big to pick up, but you kind of have to oblivion physics soccer them 
into the okay the holes the that the holes. rats are coming out of okay. to plug them and there's like three different size rocks and three different size <laughs> holes what happens if you get the a small rock into a big hole i don't know they're all like i accidentally did it right the first time okay it's really frustrating to move the things around on purpose because it's not you can't even like right. if you hit them with a sword or whatever nothing happens it's only if you like bump into them and That's they do really a lot funny. of stuff where it's like here's some boards yeah. that you just need to bang into them to get them to physics out of the way to get (laughs) through the door. That's a puzzle that they had in Half-Life 2. Yeah. And the reason it worked in Half-Life 2, okay, was that you had the gravity gun. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, they did some of that stuff beforehand. They did some of it in the earlier ones where you could pick things up. That's true. And maybe, maybe Oblivion has a hotkey that you can hold down like there apparently was in Skyrim that lets you just grab an object in the world and move it around without, like, picking it up into your inventory. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that. So so I I take care of the rats, the guy gives me some gold or whatever, and then he's like, oh, well, now maybe you can help this guy. And I turn around, and there's just a guy with, like, a full-face helmet on talking in a, like, muffled, like a German guy talking from inside a vase. And then the subtitles are like, he's talking about how, I don't know, man, I put this helmet on and now I can't get it off and it really, really stinks in here and I would really <laughs> like you to help me get this helmet off of my head. Uh, what, do you think you can help me? I'm like, hmm, okay. And find a so can I'm like, look around and, and then I find, like, I walk all around the room that I'm in, finally look at the quest log and it's like, maybe these two guys in the mine know what to do. And I <laughs> go, I talked to one of them and he was like, soap, I know what? Talk to the other one. Oh, yeah, there's some soap in boxes by the entrance. Like, okay. So I run around the place that I'm in by the entrance. Like, is this a box? Like, at this point, I'm like, okay, is the German word for box and the German word for barrel the same thing? Is this, (laughs) is there some way that I can get these to be interactable? Look at my quest log again. It's like, I'll bet the guards at the gate know where to get some soap. So I go to the gate where the guards aren't letting me out because there's about to, like, they're, they're worried that the war. mages outside are going to start some shit. And this is a world where mages can't, can't be tolerated. <laughs> and the guard's like, what the fuck, man? I'm busy. It's like, yeah, that is definitely what you would say if you were in this situation. Hey, buddy, got any like, soap? Uh, okay. I don't really know what to do next. And then I look at the quest log again and it was like, did you notice that there's a box of soap on top of the gate? What? I'll bet if you provoked the wizards, they would knock it down for you. <laughs> and then next to the gate, there's like a murder hole through which you can target the wizards with a ranged attack. So you you then have to attack the wizards so that they will shoot a fireball at the gate, which then knocks over that box and just throws bars of, like, dozens of bars of soap just all over the environment that you can then go pick up. That's like, hilarious. All right. So I essentially had to start a war what to, like, fuck? get a bar of soap so that this guy can get his helmet off of his head. That he's, it's like, how long have you been That's here before I was, showed up? That is so, like, Gabriel Knight. Why is there a box of soap balanced on top of the gate? And it's, like, not even that tall of a gate. Like, you really could just you really it. didn't have you like you didn't have to anger a wizard to get <laughs> wow so it's in as much as it's like goofy it's it's pretty well executed and like at the end of the day it's a new elder scrolls game yeah, so cool. i might keep playing it like it's called narim n-e-h-r-i-m they like replace the opening cinematics 
wow. and stuff. Oh. Like you turn this thing on, it is like, wow, this is just a different fucking game huh. from the ground up. And the, I was thinking about this as I was going to sleep last night. This is one of the best arguments that I have ever encountered for like a guaranteed basic income. <laughs> because oh. if someone Art. could yes. just decide that this is what they want to spend their time doing and not starve to death as a result of that decision, there would be a lot more shit like this in the world. And I would be pretty happy about that. Yep. Hmm. Like, I don't know that Germany has one of those. No, but I'm just saying if there was uh, right now, there's only one of these. If there was a guaranteed basic income oh, I see. all and around the would, world, there would, would be, just be thousands of total conversions. There would just be a lot more art in general. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So let's do that. Okay. Okay. We fix Canada's economy. Let's <laughs> right. fix this. I, uh, I played a couple puzzle games. I played uh, a game called A Good Snowman is Hard to Build. Is that out yet? No. Ah, uh, you get the super, super early access Patreon buddy build? Yeah. Uh, it is a puzzle game by Alan Hazelden. Um, he made Sokoband and a couple of other games. He makes a bunch of puzzle script games. Um, and it's cool. It's a, it's another sort of grid-based game, un, not unlike Sokoban. Um, but the stuff you're moving around is snowballs and you're trying to construct snowmen. They are, <clears throat> do they get, do the snowballs get bigger as you roll them? If you roll them through snow, they do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Animal if you roll Crossing them through lava, had a, had a do they get smaller? Mini game very much like this. Um, or it's, how it it's sounds. pretty clever. And then there's just like, it's, there's just a bunch of like really small touches to it. that are really cute. Like you complete a snowman and. So, like, when you're rolling the snowball, you know, you, like, you push and it rolls the snow and you can't pull the balls. Um, and if you push a ball onto another ball, it, like, you know, it stacks them. And then if you get all three, it, it makes the snowman. And then if you push forward to that again, instead of, like, pushing the snowman over, you give it a hug. Oh. Uh-huh. It's really cute. Does it, and they're, does all, it like, they're all named. Does it judge this? Does it, like, build and, and do you get different snowmen based on the relative sizes of the balls that you're using in the snow? There are only three kinds of balls you use really big balls you get an acdc snowman yeah so there's um you have to, that's i mean that's basically the puzzle right there's like there's the smallest balls which always have to be the head and you can't let them roll through any snow um uh, before they get, they get put mm-hmm. yeah and you can't make them smaller again once they've increased in size um what was the name of this again a good snowman is hard to build okay it should be out soonish it's like it's it's pretty close to done um and then um you are all about the like tile-based puzzle n- game new sokoban games yeah I, yeah i mean uh, puzzle script sort of revolutionized what people could do with this cuz it, it like it reduced the barrier to entry to almost zero well it's like the twine of this particular yeah. kind of game yeah. but it turns out that this game i feel like occupies an even smaller niche than than the, twine like, yeah well, than, twine is just than language than right? choose your own adventure right. thing yeah um, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I appreciate what puzzle script is, but I am, I just don't have the spatial skills to play even hmm. a baby ass version of Sokoban. So all of the guys that are currently like taking us to it, outsmarting themselves with the directions they're taking Sokoban in, like I've been left behind. Cause Alan, he did a, he did a game called mirror Isles, which was pretty cool too. That was, yeah. And I played that until I got to like the third level uh, okay. and I was like, fuck i have no idea what the fuck to do that one's really good yeah um and that that pulley your pulley oh, yeah that my one leg, was great i do 
with the with the somewhat uninspired exception of Mirror Isle, uh, I I like the way that he names his games. That one he was having a really hard time with the name for. He asked for people to help, and he was like, "Yeah, none of these are good. I'll just go with Mirror Isles." <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah. So then I played. Uh, I've been playing Tetrabot and Company, and I don't remember if I mentioned that on a previous episode, but I've I have continued with it, and it is it has continued to just be a phenomenal puzzle game. Um, the levels are just generally impeccably designed. They come in like sets of five. So like each level introduces some new mechanic and it, it will have a screen or two that shows you basically just by doing how these things work. And then it starts having like simple puzzle interactions with those and you have to figure that out. But then that just becomes rote and it takes you to the next level where it's like, okay, here's something more complicated that happens. Uh, and it like each tier, you're, you're always figuring something out. You're like, like you're figuring out some way that it interacts with the environment that it wasn't explicit about, or you're figuring out some clever combination of, of, uh, tile manipulations or whatever, uh, that in combination that work together. And then it just, it sort of just keeps ratcheting it up until it gets to the very end where it's like the most complicated of the, of the puzzle schemes. And then it starts over with some new mechanics that it adds to the mix. And it just does this over and over again. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Like they just did, they just knocked it out of the park, uh, with the, with the puzzle design on this. Um, except for a single achievement that they added, which just sort of cheapened the whole thing. Uh, it's weird. Um, cause the achievements that they have in there up, up until like the sixth level, all of them were like beat this game with like, a crazy amount of resources and you're like how the hell is this possible and then if you like if you if you do things just right you can be like oh, okay I, I can just save all of these things that i would have otherwise just used because they sort of gave you trivial more like slightly easier solutions to puzzles uh, and then there's one achievement which is like beat this level without any without using any undos um, which is was just sort of a basic verb that you use throughout playing the game because you'll do something and be like oh that that piece that that wooden block caught on fire i didn't mean to do that and you'll just undo it mm-hmm. um and so that that's okay it just means you have to play very carefully which by itself is actually a kind of tricky because there are there are all kinds of situations where you'll accidentally like send a block flying off in a direction and it will like incinerate and you're like well fuck i have to i have to undo or in this case if i was going for the achievement i have to start over so there's that by itself but then at the very end of the level is the sequence of like four really quick sort of twitch movements that you have to do, which you have never had to do anywhere else in the game till it get from, from point A to point B and then back, you have to traverse them a second time Mm. and you can't make any mistakes because if you do, you have to undo and start all over again. If you want this achievement, And it it was just, it was like this weird, how long, I mean, how much progress do you lose? Like how long does that level take to do? Well, but because I had to do it like 10 times to actually get this achievement, I, uh, I was able to get from the, from there to it probably in about six or seven minutes. Yeah. Um, that's but that's good by skipping all of the puzzles in between, just, just getting from, from the beginning to the end. And then I would go back. If I, once I finally was able to actually do it and not screw up, then I went back to the very beginning and just did all the puzzles without, you know, being super careful not to screw anything up. Uh, it was weird. It, it, like, I, if they had put that at the beginning of the level, I would have been fine with it because it would have been like, here's this challenge, here's the super, you know, challenging yeah. timing thing that you, you do it. And then there was a lot of that shit in enemy mind where 
they would put oh, the, the very most end of a challenging stage. part of a stage at the very end of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's. Oh, that one. They didn't kick you back to the beginning of the level, the, though. Yeah, just the beginning of the stage, I guess. Yeah, but it was still like a minute of progress. That's and true. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just weird. Be like, <clears throat> I don't think this would have stood out to me in most other games. I would have been like, ah, whatever. This is obnoxious. Or probably, I probably would have just said, screw it. I'm not going to get this achievement. Yeah, you would but, never have gone for achievements in a game that you didn't. Yeah, but they had built so much trust with me up to this point. And then I had gotten all of the other achievements because, like, they were super interesting. Like, they made the game so much more interesting. You're like, wow, how is this even possible? Uh, Like, there's one in there that I spent probably two days mulling over. Like, I've been playing this game for, I don't know, like, four weeks now, sort of off and on. And it's, like, like, the level design is just so good. It is, like, the puzzles are hard. They're really good. Um, and it's cute. Like there's a bunch of additional stuff on the sort of periphery of it that is kind of uh, mediocre. Like there's some story stuff and whatever. It's like not all that impressive, but like the puzzles are so, so good that, uh, I highly recommend it. Tetra are they like Kevin good? Is this game like hard as fuck? I think if you want to get all of the, like you could, I think you could beat it without collecting all of the optional stuff. There's, a, there's, there's multiple tiers of like collection stuff, right? Cause there's, in each level, there are like three optional goals, and then there are those achievements, which are like the much much harder versions of everything. Um, and there's but there's only a handful of those. There's like eight of those, and then not every level has one of those. Um, so yeah. What platform is this? Uh, I've been playing it on iOS, but I think I saw that it's on Steam. Hmm. So, I think it's also on PC. Hmm. Um, which probably would be more enjoyable. I make all kinds of mistakes by fat fingering it on my phone. Something that you said minutes ago reminded me that I think I did. I talk at all about Hadian lands on this podcast. I don't know. If not, I should for a Have minute. Have you been it's, playing it at all? I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I played it a little bit when it first came out. Uh, it's Andrew Plotkin's text Opus. adventure. Yeah. That yeah. he's spent the last like I, four years. Man, I played that. I like I booted it up and it was like, you know, awesome. Can't wait because I love his stuff. But I got stuck in like the tutorial puzzle and couldn't get any further. <laughs> and it was like, it damn, is- I don't want to look up hints for the tutorial fucking puzzle. Wow, weird. That, huh. It it has this fascinating level of respect for the player's time that allows it to be. The kind of insanely complicated, you know, like Graham Nelson or or early Infocom level Mm. complex text adventure, like puzzle driven text adventure without actually being a pain in the ass. Is it is it not like rub everything against everything else? No, it's so no, like there is a part of it that it's like. It is built into the fiction, but it is not a spoiler to say that, like, you can basically just reset the world at any time, but you retain your knowledge. Right. Any, so it's all about, like, performing all of these complex alchemical rituals and learning how all of this different scientific equipment works and how to do things. And there's all, there's sort of like alchemy and magic and, like, optics and there's like a metalworking thing and, like, there's just all of this different stuff. 
that you can learn how to do. And once you've done something once, you can just type do this thing and it will go through all the steps for yeah. you. Even if and that includes like going back to a different room to pick up yeah. an ingredient you left. Like somewhere. if you don't have something that yeah. you need and you've gone and gotten it and the guy can go and get it, he just will. Wow. And that's, to, that's really cool. That's something that's all been a huge pain in the ass. And like you were just saying yeah. this before and many, many text adventures. Yeah. Huh. Any puzzle that you have solved, you can just basically type solve puzzle and he will do it. Fascinating. And it becomes the game, the the larger game becomes doing those things in the right order oh. so that there isn't like a cheap solution to an early puzzle that uses up a limited ingredient that you need to solve a later puzzle. Interesting. But that happens without you having like it it allows there to be a game of that complexity without you actually so having you, to go through all of the minutia. you're like building all the lego blocks and then you need to build the the like castle out of them but you have to do it in the right order because sometimes you might have accidentally yeah oh wow huh that's interesting um that said i played it for like an hour you know got i don't know i got six good puzzles in to it and I would have to start over because I've spent too much time That's away from it. Kind of like a meta puzzle built into a text adventure. That's interesting. Yeah. I like and that. it's and it's just it's just like this crazy physics and magic system that he's built in in form that you're on some kind of crazy spaceship, I guess. But hmm. like something has gone wrong and you're the only one left and it's like quasi connected to all these different sort of inhospitable dimensions. And you're trying to figure out how to get around hmm. and get through different kinds of doors, build machines that do different things that you can then like, I don't know. I built some kind of lens that you can look through and it reveals things about things. Hmm. Cool. I think that makes a really interesting contrast with games like a kingdom for Keflings which is all about the repetition of building up from the tiniest micro blocks to the larger things. Like, I think it's intended to be relaxing hmm. where like, you know, all these steps, you just go through them like a ritual or like yeah. even like Starcraft one, right? Where every mission starts with just build dropping some SCVs off yep. in a new environment. And if you're good at that, then you're just going through the motions. If you're bad at it, it, becomes impossible to finish the campaign <laughs> whereas like starcraft 2 like ah here's your base now you're gonna build a new thing so that you know how this works but in the next mission you're probably just gonna have that unless this is a different kind of challenge where we don't want you to in which case you're not and you also can't build it uh which i think is fine because i never saw the single player campaigns of games like that as being you know training for multiplayer which is how a lot of people think of them because the single player campaign was all I was ever going to fucking play. Right. So I'm happy that they've moved to a model where they're actually making that an entertaining experience and like putting in some fucking crazy units that would be broken in multiplayer. But like, why not let you fuck around with them in the campaign mission? Cause they're <laughs> fun. Like, but yeah, Hadean lands is nothing like Starcraft. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, you should buy it because that guy should be able to make a living making text adventures. Yes, I mean, he did a Kickstarter and he made like 30 grand for he, it. He made, if I remember right, it was $31337. Oh, nice. nice. Um, and that was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was three or four years ago. So I don't think that money lasted him this long. I think he must have had some sort of other income. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's the kind of guy, like I could see him living the way that you used to live. Frugally. Yeah. Kevin used to live on $1,000 a month. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
when I was a freelance photographer and I didn't always make a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> At what state was that in? Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, Taxachusetts. Am I right? Nine hundred of those dollars went to taxes, and then Mitt Romney came in and was like, "You got to get insurance." Uh, the state paid for most of my insurance. Actually, I know it's good. Well, um, well, it's up, commie. I must be nice. I mean, but I would, <laughs> I would like. I shared rooms with people, not just like apartments. But right. Like, we would have two beds in a single room. You slept a literal room. You slept a in a roommate. toilet that other people were allowed to use. So right. if they had, if they woke it. up in the night to pee, you had to get up. No, yeah. you would just you'd have to lie there. Yeah. Just take man, it. That was supplemental income. I wouldn't even do that if you were paying me a thousand dollars a month. Hmm. News. Nope. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, Kevin and I both prepare. Am I am I right? No. Yeah. Oh, because Riff Bear, and I certainly didn't. Ralph Bear died. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The um, inventor of the home console, and I think even oh, just yeah. the concept of video games in the sense of games displayed via video signals. He also made Simon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huh. And, yeah. Uh, that was his kid. Oh, Simon was his kid? Yeah, I, I don't know how to make that joke work. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so Joshua. Like, his, yeah, his like Joshua was, was Joshua. his kid. Yeah, yeah. like Daryl. Did you guys ever watch Daryl when you were a kid? No. Is that a what movie? That? Yeah. Yes. Data it's analyzing a, robotic youth life form. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I knew that. that. I saw that. Yeah, that's right. I didn't remember that. I, I read acronym. the books. I remembered that it was an acronym. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know there were books. You were yep. more into that than I was. I was. It was good. There might have just been one book. I think I'm also confusing it with... Didn't he have a fat kid friend named Turtle? I don't remember. I think his fat kid friend's name was Turtle. There was <laughs> another series of books about a a guy who built an android who went to high school. Huh. And he like there was it was like a dad... So this was like Sweet Valley High, but for nerds. Yeah, there was like a dad. I think he had a daughter, and then he built this android, and they were both in high school together. And oh like, man, was he constantly embarrassing her? I bet he was. I, yeah, she'd be at the there, mall with her friends. There and he was would come a lot of that. Some dopey question he, about human social customs. He joined a band and he was like playing the drums, but he was too good because he was like just oh, perfect. Like, you know, nobody perfect could keep up with him because he was too regular. Well, no, well, but he was just too regular, so like he had to learn how to like add flourishes and stuff. I remember that. I don't remember the name of this series. Almost Human, maybe or something. Mm, animorphs. Animorphs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, well. So, yeah. R.I.P. Ralph Bear. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so, it was very sad. No, it really was. I, like, I mean, my understanding is that the guy was completely really active in the sense of still building things right up until he died. Yeah. Which is something that's very aspirational, I think, for every creator out there. I mean, I think that's... I don't know. I heard Rob Zombie basically... Somebody on an interview asked him, like, why... What, like couldn't you just retire? And he was like, I don't know, man. A lot of guys, like, they stop working and then they just die. Like, Johnny Carson stopped doing The Tonight Show, then he died. So, I think mm. if I keep working, I won't die. <laughs> it's like, basically Rob Zombie's philosophy. Which, you know, maybe there's something to that. I, I think there's certainly, like, I think you need something to live for. Yeah. Joan Rivers was working up until the end, but then she was in, like, went in for some sort of surgery and... Yeah, was but it was, like, just a minor... So, I mean, it was, killed, like... Killed, yeah, well, basically, right? So you... It's not that you're immortal. Killed. Well, but, like... Right, uh, yes. Yes, Rob Zombie will eventually die. Yeah. Although, and, he might... You, 
He will stop working when he dies. He might come back. Come yeah. back. Yeah. That, but, was, that was the joke. Yeah, was what the, do you think he would come back as? Some sort of ghoul or yeah, revenant? Vampire. A wraith? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ghost. This assignment. I Actually, yeah, I need a beer. You guys can talk about that. I don't care about this game. You can talk <laughs> about it while I go get a beer. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 we, were, we played Muni. I took it here to the podcast room. <laughs> it, there was water in it. We were talking about that earlier. Right. Right. There was the, the, the tubes were flooded and mm-hmm. the trains kept working, which That's is true. cool. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I did not know anything about uh, the the ravens, the Norse ravens mm-hmm. before this game. Yeah. Hugen, yeah, I still don't. Or I still don't because I would not read that font. <laughs> it was pretty oh. bad. I mean, it was good. It's good for like a title. They should not right. have put yeah. all their paragraphs of text in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, didn't didn't World of Warcraft cool. also have this problem oh, for a while? Oh, it still does. Quest- it still Ugh. does. the The quest text and like the mailbox text is like all capital letter, black letter bullshit, and it's impossible oh. to read. Yep. That's too bad. But yeah, it's it's a puzzle game. You, the gimmick is that you rotate parts of the screen. You can't be in the yeah. parts of the screen that you rotate. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I, I misspoke. The quest text is no longer in that font. There are, oh, but mailbox okay. text that helps. still is. Yeah. There are what? Yeah. Who, th- who writes letters in WoW? Three yeah. <laughs> to six blocks at a time. Some of sometimes moving one also moves another. Yeah. I I played through I played through the first chapter that unlocks those next three chapters, and I played yeah. through each of those chapters until I got stuck, which was not very long. But, yeah. I never got stuck. I got bored. I yeah, yeah the yeah. the water stuck the, and or bored. The water yeah. puzzles kept my interest because water physics is cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting because that's those are the ones I got the most cool. bored because like <laughs> Sorry. like I'd be in a thing and I'd be like oh here's the part where I have to spend five minutes filling up this room with water so I can mm-hmm. climb up onto that platform. Yeah, and you I do that by rotating these things annoying ways. My, that that happened, but it was you could get to play with water physics while you were doing yeah. it. It was dubious water physics. <laughs> it was it was good enough to be cool for me. I mean, it's better than I could do from scratch. But yeah, like but. those globules, like if you didn't have enough of it together, it would just go away. And so getting s- progress started it's on a, evaporation, a, man, a large room <laughs> was really frustrating. Yeah, giant yeah. water orbs will not stay around forever. I, I apologize for abandoning the the podcast for a minute there, but I just I gave up on this game like basically in the first in the first world instantly. Yeah, it switched. I I got to the point where it started giving you like a three by two grid, and you were rotating more than one thing at once. And I was like, I just don't want to execute on the solutions to these puzzles. Yeah, I don't. Was... I wouldn't mind solving the puzzles, but what I would like is. I would like to get the room into a configuration where I could run to this and then just click on it it and have it be like, okay, the the platforming was really, really bad. It was bad. The platforming platforming physics were like the kind of, like if you had heard about a platformer, your first try. It feels like coding 2D physics, which I'm pretty sure is what it is. Yeah. Like, I think if I had played this, I'd been like, wow, this is a, this is a lot of content for a game jam game. It's kind of like what I would have, I think, would have 
yeah said about it because it just doesn't feel like it has the polish of a released game i don't want to be mean about it no i mean mean, i'm not trying to be i just like that's just that's like people have gotten so good at game jams now that like it's weird to see a released game that doesn't have the same level like you know we're getting spoiled because people are getting so good at making games even in their like hobbyist mode now even once you got past the the part where like okay i can i'll 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 spend the time to make this dude walk all the way across the level then there were the times where the dude would die and you'd have to restart yeah. the level and have to do restarting the, the, whole, the whole level, level. Yeah. that's uh-huh. what really eventually turned me off was when the levels stopped being logical puzzles and started demanding like well, dexterity like, and platform yeah. and occasionally there was a there was a specific order that you had to get the feathers in and you didn't necessarily know that and you would get this the last one second to last or something and you'd be like oh, wait why was because that? it was impossible to get out of the hole that you had to jump down into oh once once you would collect ah. like yeah, yeah and uh, that could have that particular problem could have been solved with a rewind button. Yep, which yeah. would have been nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, also like I I get why you didn't do this, but it let you rotate the piece the Tyler in. in. Like, well, I think that's part of the puzzle design. Yeah, is it or is it? Yeah, I mean, or is it a consequence of the fact that they didn't want to deal with it? And no, because they have other t- other levels where you have later on where there are moving objects and they handle that. Okay. There's there's like rocks and stuff that you specifically have to you, you spend a lot of time manipulating them by rotating stuff. Oh. Them. But okay. they are also spherical. So, yeah. well the, the the player like could be a circle for all I uh, know. Yeah, that's like, true, I guess. It it's something that they handle it just by freezing the object right. in place while, while it's, rotating. it's rotating. Yeah, no, it, it's part of the puzzle design and I just Yeah, it I completed all the rock I completed the first world, I completed all the rock world stuff. I started working on the ghost levels that are weird um yeah they're interesting until i mean i would not mind playing a survey of the more interesting levels from this but there were a couple of things which i like signaled to me that i did not trust this game so the achievements uh getting achievements one ninth of a piece at a time by doing something like so like the first achievement that i noticed i got on the first level because it was like vertically challenged so complete a level without jumping so now i'm like okay does that mean every level can be beaten without jumping and so i spent a fair bit of time being like i is this possible and it wasn't some levels you can some levels you can't but there's they don't tell you that and it turns out you can you could just repeat the first level nine times and get the achievement if you wanted to, <laughs> right? Which is obnoxious, I think. I personally. mean, it's just lazy. Like you can understand yeah. why. Uh, yeah, it's but like that that was like, well, what are they doing? Like, hey, wait, what is Riff, this Riff for? has designed stuff like that in KOL. <laughs> the Cinderella thing worked like that. You could just do the same thing over and over again and get the highest. Make Cinderella score. vomit maximally or sure. whatever. What? <laughs> there was a there was a thing that you did that wasn't keeping track of whether it wasn't keeping track of where the states got incremented from, so you could just do hmm. the same thing over and over again to maximize one of the states. Oh, you fixed it. Oh, that's you reali- right. That's right. You realized what you had done, yeah. but like that achievement thing is is that same problem sure. structurally. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I mean that just that just spoke to me about like how they're they were not being particularly 
interested or respectful of my time. I, I, I was solving the same puzzle over and over again a lot. How did this game get enough attention on steam to be placed on sale i don't and put in front of people that is an excellent question do we know the developer i don't yeah i don't remember yeah i I mean is this just like fucking ethics in games journalism at work (laughs) i don't know is that a stand-in for just randomness is that what you're getting at no i'm like like how does this game how did this happen yeah. Don't how we, did we like how did yeah. we buy this game like, that is if, not very good? If we had if we had put Word Realms on on Greenlight, would we have gotten Word Realms onto Steam before this guy had gotten this onto Steam? I don't know. This this is prettier on first glance than Word Realms. Like sure. the painterliness of it is actually kind of appealing. Yeah. That was something that actually it looks like a screenshot would look okay, but yeah. the fact that the background moved at like a fifth of the frame rate of the of, as your characters did. Yeah, that was a little weird. I liked was, the hmm. the giants that walked past. That was every yeah. now I and saw then. that happen yeah, once, and that was probably the best part of the game. Yeah, that was. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's cool. And then that was it. <clears throat> I yeah i I was I got super super fr- I, I I got fed up in the water levels. Where I was just repeatedly having to wait for a long time because I was it was just so hard to fill up some of the regions with enough water to jump out of them. There was a weird thing that happened to me in one of the water levels where there's and this is part of what you were complaining about too. Um, there was a level that was symmetrical, so you had to do the same thing on the left oh, and the yeah. right side. And I got stuck on the left side after I had done the right side because I had no idea like how did I actually do that. Right. It was just a, I solved it by accident. I solved it by accident and did not remember how I had done it. Oh, man, welcome to my world. Yeah, <laughs> that's every video game ever. Well, and that's that's the that's the respect for the player. It was it was a literally symmetrical level, so you literally had to solve it twice in a row. Yep. And the only difference was that you had to jump over a hole in the middle to get to the other side. Hmm. Why? Why would you do that? In my case, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you learn something about yourself. Yeah, yes. I mean, that, is... I mean, okay. So that I mean, talking about you know the whole Jonathan Blow, be respectful of the player, only make them do something once. Philosophy: If you solve something by accident, is there value in having a repetition of a puzzle? I mean, how can they know? Well, no, they can't. But I mean, that's right. that's like, is there value? Thus, is there thus is there value in having repetitions of puzzle because sometimes people solve stuff by accident. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I don't think that you can say that doctrinally there is. I, I You could maybe make the argument like in a spaced repetition sort of a way where like maybe what not not like twice in a row, certainly, but maybe 10 levels later. Mm. Give the, the same. Hey, remember again. this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or like a slightly I mean, maybe more frame it differently. Yeah. The same concept. Or- and I guess there's also like if it's 10 levels later. And in playtesting, you're finding that people aren't remembering right. the thing that they should know how to do. So you make them repeat it to just get that freshen it up yeah, in their heads. That's like, why the Tetrabot stuff is so good. It's like introduction <clears throat> of a concept, use it to solve a puzzle. It just becomes part of your arsenal to just navigate the world. Like you're constantly reminded of it because it's oh, like, like in hack and slash. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're constantly reminded of it because you do it in like 
a slightly different way, but it's like it, it just it does a really, really good job of introducing you to all the verbs of the the world, but keeping it fresh and interesting. It would be super interesting to see a design that was aware of how long it's been since you played last. Oh, then responded to that somehow. And and gave you like just gave you little reminders of here's what you'll need to know. Yeah. Like introduces mechanics in, in a simple way. Speaking of which, I am fascinated to see and I'm I'm paralyzed by my options here. Riff, have you used your level ninety boost in WoW yet? Uh, yeah, but I used it for something dumb. I just used it to level my bank alt to 90 so that she'd be able to disenchant the crap I was sending her. (laughs) Oh. Because when you do that, there is a zone in Draenor that acts as a tutorial for every class at 90 that you go through and are taught how to use your abilities and how to play your role. And I really want to see that, but I want to play through that for every class. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like, I want to know what that is, but I because I only have one, I can't choose oh. what class I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, you should just need totally to get, be able just to opt into it and go to it, like the proving ground. You just ground. need to get nine more accounts. I mean, okay. <laughs> and then play so them all I could, I could yeah. have all of this by paying $20 for seven more boosts each. Oh, okay. You know. So, I think it's like $20 each. $20 each, yeah. I think oh, it's $20 wow. for... Oh, oh, wait, is it 60 bucks? I think it's it's like 50 or 60 I think. Unless to boost a character to level 90? No, yeah. it's not. You're, you can, you buy, if you, buy, you buy the expansion, and it gets you a free one, but I'm I think you can sure. just buy that. Well, maybe it is... Uh, I don't know. I've, 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 I've wandered into the, the, the in-game shop recently, and I saw the level oh. 90 thing, and I... And I don't, and I don't remember for absolutely certain that it was sixty dollars. But I do remember saying, "Wow, that's prohibitively expensive." I guess they really don't want people to use that a lot. Well, let me look. L ninety boost cost. Boots. Dot, wow. Boots cost. Oh wow! It boots really is cost sixty bucks. Boots and cost and boots and cuts and boots. You were you were correct. Riff. Wow! So it'd be like five hundred bucks for me to. To just see this one quest for yeah, to see one man. quest for all of that. Wow, <laughs> oh man, it's a good thing you don't play anymore. You, well, you would just fucking level every yeah, character just level... up to ninety because that's free. It sure. costs nothing but your soul. I I have a bunch of level seventy characters, no, level you don't. sixty characters, no yeah. seventy. Okay, seventy. You have a bunch of level seventies. Yeah. yeah, you know, I got it's... a level hundred. I got one good, level one hundred. Good, good for and you. And I think one. I forget when the last time I played my hunter was. I think it was Wrath, so he's 80. Is that Gil? Yeah. It was so adorable. Kevin and I both made accounts uh, to to play Play on the server that my ex-wife was playing on. And we both made dwarves, and our names varied only by one letter. (laughs) So we decided we were brothers. Yep. It was pretty good. Gil and Gull. Gil and Gull. G-H-I-L and G-H-U-L. And we made them independently. Yeah, we just randomly named them. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you have identical facial hair? No. No, we we had different colored hair and stuff. You know. Like brothers. Yeah, like brothers. (laughs) Yeah. They have different colored hair. And you were a rouge? I was. Yeah. Mine was a hunter. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Never, it won't be, my very, very first... 
WoW character was a dwarven hunter named Brunswick. And I was never able to get the name Brunswick on any server that I ever played on from then on. I thought you only played with four characters. I adopted that. I mean, yes, you're right that I have been doing that for nine years. (laughs) Like, more or less the whole time you've known me. But I started it after World of Warcraft came out. I see. Okay. I do sort of believe that if you are playing a game where other people are going to have to type your name, you have a responsibility to not have a dipshit, hard-to-type, long-ass oh, name. Yeah. Or use all goddamn diacritical marks that nobody knows how to fucking type. <laughs> what about just a sequence of L's and capital I's? Yeah, that's pretty good, too. If you want to not have any friends. They could just add copy and paste to the interface. That's true. I mean, mostly people play like that, and they just don't care, because, you know... Somebody will just refer to you by whatever, like first three letters that makes you, you know, identifiable. Yeah, yeah. identifies you enough or to tab completion. Call you whatever racial too. slur they're trying to call you. Like, <laughs> man, I played one dungeon run the other night with a group that was friendly and engaged and on the ball, and we just like kicked ass, and it was great. And I was sad that I had to go to bed instead of continuing to play with those people. That's why oh. do you put those people on a friend yeah. list? No, I know. And then you, like, if they're on again, you're like, hey, you doing yeah, anything Except tonight? they're not, you can't do that because they were all from different servers. Well, that's, so, uh, see, that's I, I mean, maybe Blizzard's you can, fault. maybe you can put them on a friends list and no. that works. Because I know that, like, I can private message David Bass, who oh, I think can. is an yeah, alliance guy I, on a totally different server. I went Weird. and ran uh, uh, Ice Crown Citadel with our friend Lord Huffenpuff, who's on a different server from me. I, I don't can, know. I don't know how it works, but can you run stuff with people on opposite factions yet? No. There are things in the world that are faction tagged, and things in the world that are not. So, like, because there are bosses that don't get tagged when you go to kill them, right? right? And I've definitely like gone and killed world bosses with alliance characters like i've run up and seen an alliance guy killing a a a rare spawn and i have helped and we've both gotten the drops from the rare spawn well i mean i presume he did because he was there first but yeah it's a lot less restrictive i mean especially because i moved to a pve server after i stopped having friends anyway so this is the assignment section where we continue to talk about world of warcraft (laughs) (laughs) what is our assignment for next week teleglitch which is a game that we have all intended to play. What are you supposed to tell a glitch? Uh, you can tell a glitch, but you can't tell it much. Okay. And it's with um, the... Tell a glitch. Sorry you went out of business, but I'm glad that you're all fucking like billionaires that. now. Die more edition. Tell a glitch die to water, but you can't yeah. make it drink. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, it's like a... Is it free? Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, free. I, I got it off... Uh, it's free uh, if you got it off the, the Humble Indie Bundle. Yeah. Wait, that's not free. It's probably 25 bucks if you got it off the Humble no, Indie Bundle. Fair enough. I got it for like 250 off the most recent Steam sale. 250 Was it at some point free? Because I know I've played it. I know I didn't pirate it. And I'm pretty sure I didn't buy it. It's been in a bundle. I've, I think yeah, I You it. probably accidentally got it via Humble Indie Bundle. All right. So, good, I guess. We want to support that guy. By you having already bought it for no money, we'll be talking about his game on a podcast. That yeah, maybe that's worth more than listen money. To. <laughs> Let's we'll be liking it on Facebook. That's our real power as consumers. Yeah, we're mavens. Anyway, 
Right. You, Wait, uh, we're one did of you those... read that Malcolm Gladwell book? <laughs> we're one of those Nordic mavens. It's pretty good. I know Kevin hates Malcolm Gladwell, and probably so do all of our faux intellectual douchebag listeners. Yeah, he's, he's pretty bad. He's not. He's a fucking charming guy, and he's good at telling stories about stuff. He's bad at being right. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's wrong, or he's just right in the wrong way? He's good at telling stories and bad at being right about the stories. So, that's... Also being right with Jesus. But most of the things that he says happened, happened. And most of the... Like, his conclusions are a bit facile, maybe. But he's not a fucking scientist, and he's not a fucking priest. So, like... And that excuses him from writing stuff that makes him sound like a scientist priest? Yeah, he he really does take <laughs> the priests. role of ambassador of science for most of his readers, I think. Yeah. that's. I think that's one of my... The things that rubs me the wrong no, way. No, I'm really fucking worried that that Have cupcake you... anecdote I talked about, the cupcake study was from a Madwell... A Madwell... Madwell... Madwell Glad- glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs> Humphrey Slocomb. <laughs> Have you guys read any Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why I'm worried. So you don't like, just if I hadn't read his books, I wouldn't be worried about remembering stuff from them. They're, anyway. I mean, they're super digestible. You know, yeah, very, you were born on January first, which proves that you are a better hockey player than any of us. That's true. It's fucking science, Kevin. It's weird. It's weird how good I am at hockey. <laughs> it really is. I mean. Would you not say that you were academically advantaged? I mean, you skipped multiple grades. A grade. You skipped multiple grades. <laughs> Kevin is only fourteen mel- years old, even of now. One. <laughs> but you were born. You were born at the very beginning of January. Sure. Do you do you not think that maybe that conveyed some academic advantage? Was it that, or was it my nuclear physicist father? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is your mom some kind of super genius too? No. So. Maybe it was the fact that you were born January 5th. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Fine. <laughs> it just, you know. Sure. I, what about all the other Kevin's? Do we have aggregate data? Anyway. Uh, tell a glitch. Yeah, tell a glitch. Do you guys want to do a handful of additional listeners' mails? Sure. Are they also about macaroni and cheese? No. Uh, I think they're about vid- vid- Video games. Oh, uh, one is from the email, which I can only get on my phone for whatever reason. So uh, let me let me look at that. Uh, Jesse Harper says uh, it's an email in uh, subject line shmup nomenclature. Just so you guys know, the proper terms for vertical scrolling shmups is up downly, and horizontal scrolling <laughs> shmups is left rightly. And okay. don't forget, you only need legs to kick ass. I'm not okay. sure what that anecdote at the end, that little idiom, you only need legs to kick ass. Like, That's you can kick ass pissy. as long I as like you've it. got legs, so legs are, like, the sufficient condition, or the only reason that you need legs is to kick ass. It makes that that uh, that ad from the the 80s and 90s for, uh, for legs pantyhose seem very oh. threatening. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Glebe says... The best Hollywood video game celebrity comparison I could come up with is Tim Schafer to Joss Whedon. People will buy whatever has his name okay, attached sure, because of a sure. critical success slash financial failure he made last decade. They also and there's a niche similar. subset of people who will cut you if you speak ill of him. Yeah. Uh, and plus, both- the Meat Circus was like the video game equivalent of Serenity, right? Both of their names <laughs> anagrammed to Mr. Shitface. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh <clears throat> Nate says, hi, 
couple of times on the podcast, you've mentioned that you learned some lessons from the development and release of Word Realms, which I backed and really liked. What would you do differently next time? It is hard to extricate the things that I learned from that thing that I consider to be a spectacular failure. Uh, complete and design. Complete design before, before implementation happens. Any right? implementation. Don't, don't let don't let feature creep mm-hmm. yep. create a thing that takes five times as long as you think. Don't hire your friends. Hire yeah. professionals with shipped video games under their belt. Yep. Pay them a reasonable wage to do things in a reasonable amount of time as opposed to, ah, we can probably make a fucking video game. We did it once. Uh, something <laughs> that we still don't actually have an answer to is uh, we do not really have an art director on staff and we don't have that we don't know what an art director does yeah we don't have that sort of tool belt slot yet (laughs) it's a utility belt show the game to people who care more about video games than they care about our feelings yep early early and uh, often and yeah and do it do it a lot of revision a lot of like feedback early i want to dig a little bit into the um idea of complete design before implementation um i think it's really important to prototype in a fluid way well that's i mean that's the prototyping when we say that what we mean is we have built the game out in our rapid prototyping tools okay yeah and it's fun to play yeah but there are no graphics or sound or have we talked any expensive assets at all have we talked about what the contract job that we did was are we allowed to talk about we haven't i mean and we i don't know so i mean basically we had the chance to make word realms again and what we did was... Are we just we, assuming we can talk about it? Yeah, I mean... All right. We're allowed, to enter, we're allowed to enter it into game festivals, and presumably we would then be able to tell people about it. So basically, know. we got this contract gig to make a version of Word Realms for kids. And we built the game again from the ground up. But... The first... But before we, like... Before we even hired a programmer, yeah. before we found an artist, before we did anything... We just built a version of the entire game, all of the attendant mechanics in PHP that you could just play in a browser. We made sure that everything worked. We had the entire like arc of the thing planned. Everything that a sword was going to be capable of doing, we had modeled. We had a data structure for. And then when we hired the programmer, we said, here's your data. Make this data work. Mm. And if we need to change something about this, we can because... It's, we already have an engine for it. It's just a shitty text engine. And there was some iteration. There was, there was a little bit of, of there were, there were additions at the end too, like the, the endless mode stuff. And right. But it, but all of that That was all in engine. Yes. And I, and, and like me making that endless mode stuff took two days. Whereas the attendant thing in word realms took nine months. Mm. Yeah. Right. Building the content pipeline to match our skills rather than letting somebody who didn't know what they were doing build a content pipeline that then we all spent five years not ever getting to be any good at. Like, it, we made a much better game in 10% of the time by... By, it is, it I mean, is honestly, less by of a me being in, an asshole about it from moment one. It is one. less of a game in certain ways. Like, it is, it is it's less dramatically, sprawling. yeah, there's it's no, dramatically there's a, there's simplified. There's choices to make, but, but still. But it's a, it is fun like, and a good the game. Thing that we made, the thing that we made for this contract job would have sold better. 
Oh yeah. Like it. So, you know, then we could have, then it, we could have done our, we could have done our fucking Majora's mask appealing. version, which was all of the branching bullshit that we cared about. And it would have actually gotten in front of some people. Yeah. Like, I think it's also important that you had already made a game that was very similar. Yep. So you had all that experience. To it was like having into a, a second iteration of, yeah, of yeah. design. But, document. but I think more important was sticking to a pipeline that we were familiar with, mm-hmm. right? There was no fucking way that Riff was going to develop any content for word realms, but because all of the content for the contract game that we made was in the scripting language that I designed mm-hmm. for Riff to be able to build KOL content, he was able to build content for it yep. with no, with no oversight or training or anything like mm. it. Yeah. I mean, Riff built the, the sort of sure he was able to do like conversations like stuff. that's the thing riff was able to do all of the stuff in word realms that used the tools that we were right. already familiar with but no one was able to develop content for word realms using the fucking bullshit xml framework yeah it was it was like pulling teeth and you you had not really done any serious kol development so you didn't know the difference right. between a thing that was a giant clusterfuck pain in the ass the problem with word realms was not that it didn't have enough content Right. That was why I was deeply unhappy with it because we spent five years on this thing and it was 1% the game that KOL was us having spent eight years on (laughs) KOL. Right. Right. It was the first time it occurs to you to fire someone fucking fire them that day. That is a, that is a thing that I have learned and I have never, I've never been wrong. (laughs) Like don't work with somebody that you can't work with. Yeah, recognize that early. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, a lot of lessons. We're moving forward with other game ideas this coming year. Yeah, so and we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see I what mean, happens. So who, like knows, this, who knows if this contract gig would have worked if it had been a thing that we had to, like, spend our own money that's on. That's what I'm wondering, right? Did, like, did, you know, so if, if it had to be a thing that satisfied my soul as opposed to the soul of a publisher, if it was a thing that we had to sell to people rather than just having gotten paid to make. I yep. mean... There's a lot of... Anyway. A lot of what it, ifs. It's easy to look at... It's easy to look at things that didn't go wrong and think, oh, I learned a lot. You know, and... Anyway. Uh, Iluro Dragon says, have you hot dog seen the Formicarium Kickstarter? Is Kickstarter? If so, thoughts? My thoughts about the Formicarium Kickstarter are, doesn't seem like Kickstarter is really working <laughs> anymore. I, I looked, at, I, about this. I looked at it and I was like, this does not look appealing to me at all. Oh, really? Just, just looking at it. Like, I don't know if it's just their, their chosen art style or, or what, but it like, I was like, yeah, like, huh. What, however they're doing, going about this does not sort of appeal to me. Although of the Sim games, Sim Ant was one of my least favorites. Oh, okay. that. Okay. So it's basically it's like an ants. It, it's an ant hill version of Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, they. I thought it looked so cool. My, did you back it though, Riff? Um, I think I put it on that forty-eight hour remind me thing. Okay, I mean, I, so this was one of those things where somebody came in to KOL's forums. The, I mean, the developer of this game came into KOL's forums like, hey, I'm a former KOL player, and I thought I would tell you guys about my Kickstarter, and that is a thing that the forum mods always get real touchy about that I am entirely okay with. So I was like, all right, 
I'm going to go back this and then I'm going to take an official stance that, hey, I'm, I support this thing. So I mostly did it because of our forums, not like also, I mean, like it's a fucking game all back for 10 bucks. The thing that strikes me about this Kickstarter is that it has gotten so much press because you've been paying attention to it and because it. I've been paying attention to it. Yeah, I've like it got a rock, paper, shotgun article. Right. But. As of a few days after the Rock Paper Shotgun article, it was sitting at like sixty seven hundred dollars. Like mm. it has a out of how much twenty grand. grand. It has it has what I believe is an extremely modest and probably realistic for one guy to make a game in six months. Sure, goal. Yeah. I guess that twenty grand seems like a lot of money to the average Kickstarter consumer. I think people are just getting leery about backing That's, video game projects that aren't made by somebody with a resume. That's, yep. I mean, that is, that is what I, that's, because, you know, you know what my feelings about it are that, yeah, Kickstarter is not working the way that it used to. Ron Gilbert's game is fine. Like, like that funded sure, in yeah. two or three days or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, I think, well, this is, this is on a tangent, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, Ron Gilbert's game looks like it's doing well enough to support that size of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, Double Fine is having trouble right now. They just had to ha- so lay-, lay some people off. Um, and I, it's a lot, I just want to say that it's a lot harder to support a big company. Oh, yeah. On like the adventure game community. That's true. Than it is to support like, yeah, me and my friend, who you remember fondly from 30 years ago, we're, we want to make another game. I think right. that, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean... Telltale I th- is doing okay, but they have crazy IP. Well, but Telltale hasn't done a... You know, Telltale's not crowdfunding, right? No, no, what like, I'm, but what I'm saying, they're, they're, they're continuing to, to exist. If somebody, yeah. if somebody asked for the amount of money that it costs Telltale to make one of those games, to make a game of that scale, people would say... Fuck you, that is a crazy amount of money to ask for something like mm. this. Yeah. I think because generally speaking, the public has no fucking idea what it costs to make something where you actually have to pay half a dozen guys a grown up salary. Yeah. To 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 make a thing, you know, and and so Everyone remembers working for free as a kid and they think, oh, we'll just do that. Just somebody will do guys. it. Somebody somebody will do the fucking total conversion of 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 oblivion mm-hmm. and it will have a cool soap game and you can and the thing is you can sometimes luck into that you can sometimes find somebody who's willing to work for pennies they, they have a de facto dollar. basic income because that, they have a supportive spouse or they're a student or a or, parent and they're like yeah like they're super talented but they just haven't done anything yet like or they like good luck finding those people like, though i mean we probably we probably ruined when we when we hired your the guy that you recommended to do some of the ui art yeah like we just he sent us a bill and I was like, no, send us another bill for three times the amount of the bill that you sent us because that is a ridiculous amount of money. We probably ruined that guy. That guy would have done so much cheap UI work <laughs> in the future. But like, yeah, I mean, so you, you, you'll you get like an enthusiastic kid that doesn't value their own time. And I mean, maybe maybe that's where all art is supposed to come from, like desperate, struggling alcoholic loser adults or kids that still live at home and have yet to become desperate struggling alcoholic losers i don't know 
I don't really want to live in that world. And being in a sort of financially viable entertainment industry colors my feelings about the way that that stuff does work and should work. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess that the fact that I've been able to make the living that I've made off of the bullshit that I do is a real anomaly. And that's super weird. Probably. It's really, really weird. Like every artist that I know in my life, they all have some other job, except the people I've met through being moderately successful in the game space. The people I've met who have also been doing that are the exceptions to this rule. I mean, I know some artists who make a living doing art, but they are also pretty unusual. Yeah. So like, I know musicians who are scraping by none of them are making a comfortable living. Like every, everybody I know, like I grew up a programmer musician. And so I know a lot of programmer musicians and they are all doing programming for a living. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of the musicians that I know that are like, you know, they've played a dozen paxes say, they're like, I don't think any of them makes enough money from that career that they could reasonably, like, have a kid. Yep. You know? like, And the the ones with kids stop doing music to work yeah, at their intel like, jobs. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. That it just... <clears throat> it's weird. You know, but then, like... I mean, Amanda Palmer gets all the Kickstarter money. What's she even doing? <laughs> Well, she's an outlier. I know. She's, yeah, I know. I'm yeah. also just like I'm I know being, you know. I'm being like an internet dick, but yeah, it's. Uh, what would Malcolm Gladwell say about it? Yeah, what would Malcolm Gladwell say? Do you think Malcolm Gladwell and Neil Gaiman are friends? Hmm. Probably I don't know. not. Neil Gaiman hates Jamaicans. Did you? <laughs> did you say that because of the Amanda Palmer connection, or no? Is there an Amanda Palmer connection? Well, I mean, is there a connection between her... Amanda Palmer and Malcolm Gladwell? Well, the outlier thing was how I was connecting oh, the two of them. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's... Did the dog see Amanda Palmer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you suppose the tipping point was in Amanda Palmer's Kickstarter? Do you think in the relationship between oh, God. Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer, one of them is the David and the other is the Goliath? <laughs> uh... I think there are only four Malcolm Gladwell books, and I just went through all of them. Uh, Dianetics. I was going to say Freakonomics. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just go. Let's just go sideways. Okay, uh, Kevin. If somebody wanted to send us one of those listener mails that we just uh, we just I answered would say very productively, uh, very productively addressed. Yeah. How would they do that? Uh, well, the the way that you're most likely to actually get a response is through our website, uh, videogameshotdog.com. Uh, there's a web form there where you can submit questions and comments. Uh, but you can also tweet us at VGHotDog, or you can email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, you can also submit questions through the iTunes five-star rating system. <laughs> That's where you give us five stars on iTunes, mm. and then we just telepathically uh, answer a question of yours. It's, it's like yo, yeah. It's like there's only one thing you can communicate. Yep. Uh, guys, I've had a, I've had, I. This is one of the, this is one of the best times I, I've had. This is one of the best evenings I've had in in months. I think that's the uh, the beers talking. No, <laughs> no. I'm. I think it's. I think it is my joy. I think it is my exuberance. Ooh. I think it is. I think it is the thrill of the fellowship that we have shared this evening. Oh, talking. Gosh. 
I just this has been a fun episode for me. That's I've really enjoyed episode. it a lot. Been I've been, a good I was episode. pleased. And I hope we'll do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your hand on the microwave and keep sticking your tongue out at the espresso machine. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>